right, everyone, here we go. It is December 31st, 2023, last day of 2023. It is BK here, of course, coming at you guys after the week off last week at about 11.33 a.m. Go ahead and follow me on social media. Check out that Twitter for breaking news, at Bravo Kilo Actual and Instagram, at BK Actual. And you guys know the deal. Last podcast of the year means the infamous year in review. Now, I'm not going to lie, guys. Uh, if you saw my Instagram or following me, uh, you know I went on that ski trip and I was on the road. I didn't really have time to do as in-depth of a year in review as I usually do, but I think it's still going to be pretty good and cover basically everything. So quickly, here's how it's going to work. I'm going to go ahead and do it by month, You know, January, February, etc., of the major stories that I hit at the end of the podcast. Oh, uh, let me back up. After I do the interview, depending on how much time I have, I'll do like kind of a regular podcast for this last week. And then following that, I will have for you my top big finish of the year. And I will also have my top audio clip of the year. And you're not going to want to miss either one of those and then just some general reflections the patreon uh final count and everything else so without further ado let's get into it i started the year off on january 6th that was the first podcast spot of the year podcast 329 so uh we kind of opened the year with those massive twin car bombings in somalia that killed like dozens and dozens of people uh marcio ferrer the famous big wave surfer was killed in Portugal at that infamous uh, surf site, uh, Navarre. You guys have all seen the videos. It's like a lighthouse point, and those guys just going down those like massive cliffs. And this guy was a very experienced dude. He did pass away, sadly. Uh, this was funny as I was writing it out. Uh, Joe Biden, right at the beginning of the year, said, uh, no, I'm going to totally block people from Venezuela and Haiti and other countries from seeking asylum. They will no longer be eligible for asylum. And we've all seen that was a complete lie. And I have an immigration roundup near the end as well. Uh, we had Ken Block, the famous race car driver, was killed in that snowmobile accident right at the beginning of the year. And also that Utah murder-suicide, which killed eight people. And the world was also introduced to the United Kingdom's famous masturbating walrus that whole crowds would gather to watch this walrus pull up on the dock, and pleasure himself. That was a very touching story, family-friendly, of course. Moving on the year, we had that Nepal plane crash that killed 72 people. And as far as U.S. military, we had that scandal break about the United States Army Special Operations cocaine-slash-human-trafficking scandal, which they're still pretty much investigating at this point. And this had to do with you know guys banging hookers and passing them around, everything else. A Senegal bus crash killed 40 people in January. And the infamous OnlyFans chick who was kicked off of OnlyFans saying that she was, quote, trans canine, end quote. And that's why she was banging those dogs on OnlyFans. And she could not understand why she, as a self-proclaimed trans canine, was kicked off for doing that, such a thing. Moving on, we had that uh, crazy India Kite Festival disaster. You guys remember this? Now, the the gist of it, six people were killed in this. Now, what they did was they kind of have this kite festival, and they battle with kites. And a lot of times, they attach apparently razor blades or sharp objects to the kite lines to 
take out their competitors? Well, I guess they had some unexpected wins or something because all of a sudden these kites went ballistic and they started laying waste to the entire crowd watching it. Many were injured. Uh, might want to th- rethink that one, guys. Uh, we had that Iraqi deadly soccer samp- stampede. That killed at least four people. Uh, this one was uh, apparently slipped by a lot of you when you saw my story on Instagram and EBK Actual when I screenshotted this page. But yeah, we had uh, Daniel Swift was killed in Ukraine. Who was that? Daniel Swift was a former Navy SEAL who decided to go AWOL and then go on to fight in Ukraine. So two terrible decisions right on top of one another led to his untimely death. We also had that Georgia gay couple, widely celebrated. It's very progressive. And it turned out they had several adopted children. And it also turned out further that they were making child born with these adopted children and also pimping them out and selling them basically to their friends. Completely disgusting. And one of my favorite stories of the year, almost made the top big finish of the year, but not quite, the Florida funeral home worker, he was caught in the act of banging a corpse, right? So he fled as somebody else called the cops, and the cops caught up to him, and he decided to eat a bullet and kill himself rather than face justice. So that all worked out. Uh, also in January, we had the mass shooting in the Jerusalem synagogue. You guys remember that one? Seven people were killed in that one. And again, one of my favorite big finish stories of the year, that Australian couple who went viral for the video in which the man was penetrating his female partner with a living trout. Yes, you heard me correctly. I did, I think, play the audio at the time, but if you guys really want, you can probably go find it. She's like moaning away. The trout is flopping around. It's uh, very arousing. Uh, then moving into the first podcast of February, the Chicom spy balloon captivated America, resulting in many, many memes, of course. And by the way, breaking this week, it came out that the Biden administration was never going to tell you about the Chinese spy balloon. Did you guys see that one? Yeah, they were going to try to cover up the whole thing. Unfortunately for them, it was visible to the naked eye. And then, yes, it all came out as the Chicom spy balloon was uh, left alone to leisurely traverse the country over some of our most sensitive bases. And only after it left the country did fucking Biden find his nuts and have a couple of fighter jets shoot it down. There was also that really sad story of that Laguna Beach doctor, medical doctor. He was riding his bicycle and some lunatic purposely hits him with the car And then this guy gets out of the car and he stabs the guy to death. Very sad. Oh, I should point out one more thing, guys, before I continue. A lot of this is very general information. I'm giving you enough to, if you want, I don't have all the names or, you know, death tolls exactly, but I'm giving you enough info that if you hear a story that you like, you can go and Google it, okay? There just wasn't enough time, as I said. Uh, All right, let's keep going, though. We had that uh, moving into February as well. We had that horrific earthquake in Turkey and Syria. Do you know how many people were killed just just in Turkey? 70,000 people died in that earthquake. Unbelievably hard to believe. I think it was like 8,000 in Syria. Very, very crazy. Uh, A North Dakota priest was arrested after 
committing sex acts in church with one of his uh, parishioners. It was a female parishioner. The funny part was he would finish and then make the woman go to confession. So he, he was on top of it. What else happened in February? Well, we had the East Palestine, Ohio train derailment with all those hazardous materials aboard. And uh, remember Sleepy Joe, Pete Boot Edge Edge, you know, they were all like vowing to go over there. They kept asking the press secretary, that bumbling oaf, Corinne Jean-Pierre, Jean-Pierre, I should say, uh, when Biden is going to go visit, because he did say he was going to go visit East Palestine, and uh, like most things, he probably forgot about it the next day in his pudding cup, and nobody told him, and he never did go visit that. There was the Michigan State University shooting. Three people killed at the university. The gunman did kill himself. Also, the United States Navy decided to wipe the slate clean for all the fat bodies who failed the fitness test and they decided to wipe it clean and it's like well we'll no longer hold these failures against you you can start all over and uh, that hasn't worked out either of course another british guy gets caught in bestiality scandal this time it was a dude who was caught literally mid-thrust banging the local mayor's horse and that is going to be a recurrent theme as well also in February, that famous Chinese uh, mine video that you guys have seen around, it collapsed. That was in Inner Mongolia. That killed 53 workers. As a matter of fact, one of you guys just sent that to me, and I'm like, yeah, dude, that was, that was pretty old. So, you know, not too many of those disasters get by me. We celebrated, big air quotes there, one year of the Russia-Ukraine war. So far, that war has claimed, hum- claimed hundreds of thousands of deaths. It's The death toll in America doesn't really resonate because think about all the agonizing we have done in the United States over the stupid wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, in Afghanistan alone, we lost like 2,500 guys, give or take, over 20 years. And the amount of people that have been killed in the Russia-Ukraine war over just, what, a year and a half now is uh, just uh, unbelievable to me. We had the Pennsylvania 8th grade teacher who would catfish his male students. Remember, you kids out there, I keep telling you about this scam. If a hot chick pops up on your social media asking for nudes, it is most likely a probably a middle-aged man, much like this case. And that's what this guy was doing. He was sending hot chick pics to his male students, and he would get them to send the underage students to send them videos of themselves, you know, nude, pleasuring themselves, whatever. And in addition to all that, he would then share photos with his fellow pedophile lovers. Uh, Fort Bragg became Fort Liberty in one of the dumbest namings of all time. As I've ranted several times, Fort Bragg is home to many, many Medal of Honor recipients, uh, many heroes. It's really the home of special operations. JSOC, Joint Special Operations Command, is based out of there. And to to think that they couldn't find one worthy person, and they came up with that stupid fucking name, Fort Liberty, it still chaps my ass, if you can tell. Uh, the famous case in Brazil of the fake masseuse, uh, who was very much a heterosexual, but he pretended to be gay, And somehow he was able to accumulate a wide clientele of Brazilian Instagram influencers. But he got caught eventually because he began to pleasure himself in front of his female influencer clientele. And that's how they got wind that he was, in fact, a very, very heterosexual man. 
first podcast of March, we had the 38 people killed when two trains collided head-on in Greece. Another fascinating story of the year. Do you guys remember the Iran schoolgirl poisoning epidemic? Yeah, it swept the country. Iran, all these schoolgirls were suddenly like, you know, babbling or going glassy-eyed or getting sick. And Iran did this like long investigation. And they basically said this was all either like a viral hysteria or these schoolgirls were just malingering. And they didn't feel like going to classes because, and again, take it with a grain of salt, but they said they conducted extensive testing and they really couldn't find anything wrong with any of them. The United States Marine Corps in March decided with huge controversy to end their long-running scout sniper program. I know, they they came out and said like, well, no, we're going to roll this into something else, but still all the scout snipers that I know, and I know many, uh, we're deeply unhappy with this. It's the end of uh, end of an era. As a matter of fact, I believe they just trained their last class uh, either this week or last week who graduated. So that is really it for the USMC scout snipers. They'll call them something else stupid, I'm sure. Uh, Nigeria had a special election, and they went through riots over many stolen election claims. Again, as I always tell you, it's not confined to the U.S. Another big finish that did not quite make the cut, but it was very close. We had that British guy who was watching porn in public, broad daylight, by the way, and he decided to grab a seagull and force his penis into the seagull's mouth. Finally, the cops came up to him. It was unclear if he finished or not. The cops came up to him and he, he, he tried to like some excuse like, oh, no, I was just really drunk or I was on drugs or something like that. Uh, but it turned out he had lots of bestiality porn on his phone. So uh, hopefully he's going away for a long time. We had a mass shooting in Germany in March at the Jehovah's Witness Center. Seven people were killed. Very notable because Germany has hardly any mass shootings there. Iran and Saudi Arabia restored diplomatic ties after many years of freezing each other out. We had the Silicon Valley bank meltdown, which sparked a market panic. You guys all remember that one. And in addition, the famed golfer Tiger Woods, he really pulled the ultimate bro trick. He tricked his ex-girlfriend into leaving his house because he wanted to break up with her, but she like wouldn't leave and had keys, so he had to like trick her into doing it. So good job, Tiger. We had an intelligence report come out. You guys remember the Nord Stream bombing, right? This was the oil pipeline, the fuel pipeline that ran under the sea, and it blew up. That Now, that was last year, but a intelligence group came out, and they suggested that a, quote, pro-Ukrainian group, end quote, was behind that bombing. Now, to this day, we still don't know exactly who these people were, Yes, I am 100% sure that the United States was involved in that somehow. In addition, Japan had that rocket failure when they were trying to launch their own satellites, so that didn't work out for them. Still in March, a pension reform plan was forced through in France, and that led to some of those massive protests we saw. I believe I made very much uh, fun of the French at that time because they were all like, they're like rioting in the street over the fact that they had to like work another year or two. And I'm like, dude, it's it's boring not working. I'm telling you, you stop working and just go to shit. Moving over to Pakistan in March, former Prime Minister Imran Khan, you guys all remember him, he was going to court to face corruption charges, and I'll have a little bit more on Imran Khan in a moment. 
still in March, we had the Syria drone attacks on the U.S. base in Syria. One contractor was killed. And Uganda decided to pass that controversial anti-gay bill, including the death penalty for some of the most egregious acts. And the whole world turned against him, and Uganda was basically like, yeah, we don't care what you think. Also in March, this was something that I actually helped bring wide attention to. The Congressional Budget Office offered a plan, and they offer these plans all the time, but one of the plans they put on the table was to cut VA disability. And that was a huge shitstorm that went all over the internet. Uh, I remember I tweeted about it, and that tweet was one of several I had this year that absolutely went wild. And they had to backtrack quickly, saying, "Hey, you're, we're just we're just here to see where we can save money, and this was just something we put out as an option." And at the time, I believe I said, "Of all the things, <laughs> of all the stupid, stupid shit in the Department of Defense and the VA that you want to cut, you're going to go after veteran disability." And yes, I know there are malingerers and everything else, but still, there's about a bazillion things you could cut before that. And the TikTok CEO went to Congress in March, and he was heavily grilled over the TikTok algorithm targeting young children, et cetera, et cetera. It was a wild year for TikTok. Remember, several states tried to ban TikTok, and now there's lawsuits saying, like, well, this is freedom of speech. You just can't ban an app you don't like, et cetera. And the long-running eunuch fetish website owner. Remember him? He went on trial finally for live streaming his own castrations. Now, I should point out that he was not a licensed physician, obviously. And these dudes, his defense was like, hey, these people come to me willingly. Remember, there is a subset of humanity that is turned on by the thought of becoming a castration victim. I believe the uh, street term is called a nullo, N-U-L-L-O, and that means you're null. You have no genitals. You're like a Ken doll, and that trial started. All right, moving into the April podcast, uh, we had the Iranian militant attack on the Pakistan border. Four were killed in action there. Finland joins NATO, or at least got the approval to join NATO. Also, right at the end of March, early April, we had that Nashville transgender shooting, and that was covered throughout the year, mostly because of the absolute refusal for the police to turn over the manifesto. And they tried to say, like, well, the family doesn't want it released. But I'm like, this is a public interest case. I mean, I'm sorry for what happened. Remember, three kids and three school employees were killed in that. I'm sorry what happened, but you know we need to know what this ideology is. And if it was any other ideology, it wouldn't matter what the family said. The police would release it. You, you know that. I know that. And then later in the year, some cop or somebody working in the attorney's office actually screenshotted some of the manifesto, and it was eventually leaked online. It's almost impossible to keep something like that covered up in this day and age. And they are heavily investigating uh, many detectives and everybody else to try to find out who that person was who leaked it. Uh, Trump, Donald J. Trump was indicted officially by New York City as far as his fake valuations of his real estate, which the case continues to baffle me to this day because I covered it throughout the year and we learned, and, and there was testimony, the witnesses testified like, well, you know, we gave him the loan, 
based on whatever, and he paid the loan back, and we made money, and he made money, so that's what we did. And I'm like, okay, well, who's the victim here? And the Libs counter-argument was like, well, he lowered the valuation so he could avoid taxes on it. But that's not what they were going after him for. They were going after him specifically for uh, lying, basically, about his property valuations. And as I pointed out at the time, they would have to lock up every single developer in the United States if they wanted to be consistent on that one. Egypt discovered 2,000 mummified ram's heads. You guys know I love the archaeology. That was great. Also, moving further into April, the Pentagon begins an investigation when those Ukraine war plans leaked on the internet. You guys remember that one? And it turned out that the leaker was like a 21-year-old airman who was like trying to like big dick his uh, younger video game buddies. <laughs> Can't make this shit up, man. The Tennessee GOP was embroiled in controversy when they voted to expel those two African-American legislators. And uh, there was all kinds of video of them uh, having screaming matches on the floor and everything else. And then they caved in the end, and they decided to reinstate them. And I remember both these guys, the two African-American legislators, one of them had been like a BLM activist and was shown on video like smashing car windows and everything else. And the other guy was like, like now he's like this militant black dude, right? But somebody dug up like a campaign video he made like five years prior and he didn't have his now afro that he has now. He was all clean shaven. He was talking like this. Hello, I would like to represent you. And now he's like, now he's like, now he's like, I will fight the power, you know, doing the MLK thing. Yep, he knows his audience. Again, going back to Iran and Saudi Arabia, they actually had their first summit in many, many years in the first week of April. A Mississippi woman was arrested after posting videos of her having sex with multiple dogs. I know. And she was, like, proud of it. And, and the, the funny thing, I remember I went and, like, looked at about three seconds of the video. She was not unattractive, which is even crazier to me. Of course, uh, around the first uh, week or two of April, the Sudan Civil War kicked off, and that is still going on as we speak. As we speak. Sorry, I'm trying to read ahead here. Uh, a Singapore kid was arrested after attempting to bang a cat. Plus, we had that very well-known Manhattan neurologist, and he was arrested for basically drugging his male patients in order to commit sex acts upon them. Uh, he would do things like uh, milk their prostate, I believe the phrase is. He would use sex toys on them. He would do unnecessary surgeries to inflict pain and then helpfully prescribe opiates so they would be even more compliant on his next visit. So totally disgusting. And again, a very yeah, the thing that always shocked me throughout the year was a lot of these guys were upstanding members of society. And as I've always told you kids, you never know what is going on behind closed doors. We had the Yemen stampede in April. That killed at least 85 people, and the stampede was caused by Ramadan donations. Yeah, they were like handing out stuff to the needy Muslims, and people started pushing, shoving. Next thing you know, massive stampede, 85-plus killed. 
New Zealand was forced to cancel their feral cat killing contest. That was a great story. Yeah, th this is something that has happened in New Zealand for many years, and they actually encourage children to go out and do it because, again, New Zealand is this island nation. They have to, like, watch out. That's why they, like, lock down over COVID so hard, but they have to watch out for outside intruders. And they held this feral cat killing contest every year because the feral cats are tearing the country up, damaging the ecosystem. Uh, the animal rights people got a hold of it. And once that hysteria starts, you can argue all the facts and logic that you want, and they just shut their ears, and nobody cares. All they do is say, oh, you, you like to torture animals. No matter how many times you try to explain, like, no, we have other ecosystems here and other animal populations here, and we can't have this, they just uh, decide to cancel it completely. And we had a Florida man who was assumed to be homeless because of his appearance, well, he was caught masturbating in a local Walmart. And that in itself is not unusual. But made this what made this one a little bit more special was once they finally tracked the guy's identification down, he turned out to be a professor at a local college. And there he is, just whacking away at the Walmart. Also in April, we had our first Singapore marijuana execution. That's right. They do execute people over there for drugs and, yes, even marijuana. And they did execute somebody over growing and distributing marijuana. Also in April, we learned of that Ethiopian starvation cult. You guys remember that? And they discovered it. I don't, they still haven't discovered all the bodies, but they started digging holes. And they, so far, they have come up to over 400 people have died. And they were either willingly starved themselves to death and they threw their body in a pit or something else uh, more malevolent occurred. A Pakistan boy was born with two penises and no rectum. That's very interesting. And uh, all you paramedics and first responders out there, you've probably heard of AMR, American Medical Response. It's a massive nationwide um, ambulance service. And an ARM, AMR paramedic was arrested because he decided to go, he was called to a nursing home. He gets an old patient that needs to go to the hospital. And this paramedic decides to sexually assault this old lady in the back of the ambulance. And regrettably, yes, he did finish. All right, going into May, the Serbia mass shootings happened. You guys remember that? It was two separate mass shootings, but they were like one day apart. That really shocked the country. Serbia does have a lot of firearms because of obvious reasons of the past. One was at a school. The other one was just like in the streets. But those two shootings uh, ended up killing 19 people total. And that led to a lot of uh, anti-gun language over there. Over in Thailand, there was a police officer's wife in May that was found to have killed at least 12 people with poison. And she was doing this in order to try to steal their money. And she'd try to get them like sign shit over to her, give her like power of attorney or something, and then try and then poison them. Also in May, let's see you guys, who what was a big story? Let me give you a little bit of a hint. Huge story. What was a big story that involved a Marine? I'll pause. A African American man? I'll pause. And a subway. Yes, that is correct. It was Daniel Penny, the former Marine who choked out that guy, the Michael Jackson impersonator. Remember that line from the media? 
Yeah, uh, he choked him out because he was uh, scary and screaming, and Penny decided to take action, and the man lost his life as a result. And I told you he was gonna throw, they were going to throw him to the wolves, and he's still undergoing it. Yeah, and who cares if he's acquitted eventually? His life has been a living hell since that incident, and it probably will for, be for another year or so. And that is why my new mantra is, unless it's directly affecting me or my loved ones, I am very hesitant to get involved in anything because it's not worth it, dude. As I've pointed out many times, you know, I get, you know, if some vagrant harasses you, what are you going to get in his face? You're going to knock him out? Somebody gets it all on video and sees you, the scary white guy, punch the helpless vagrant, and the guy falls, hits his head, dies, and now you're in jail, right? So it's sad, but it is... That's that's the facts. When all these women are out here on Twitter, I see them all the time. Every time a video comes up, they're like, where are all the men? Well, this is why. This is what happened. The men are smart enough to know that their whole lives will be ruined if they get involved with something that doesn't directly affect them. So he is still going through it. Uh, and, of course, he did, the, he did the right thing morally, but they decided to throw the book at him. So we'll keep an eye on that. The trial has yet to begin, by the way. There was a park ranger killed by an elephant in South Africa in May. And I remember reading the description of this. Now, this elephant didn't just stamp this guy to death. And this guy knew this elephant, right? This elephant was, like, friendly with him in the past. This elephant not didn't just stamp him to death. A witness says he rammed his tusks through the park ranger's body. And the witness says until the dude was basically unrecognizable. Like, horrible story. And... Like I said, you guys know this is going to be a recurring theme, but an Illinois guy was caught red penised. <laughs> I just made that up. Banging a horse by local deputies just on a regular patrol. And the, the, the crazy thing was he was standing on a bucket. He's banging the horse. And somehow at the same time, he's feeding the horse apples. So very fascinating. He must have been quite limber. Continue in May. Again, Pakistan's Imran Khan was arrested officially and then he was released after massive riots exploded throughout the country and this was all over the country and i'll just say it again guys if if you have people riding over you or people die in the riots man that you you've made it okay i don't care like you know more michael jordan never had people rioting and killing people over him i mean that is like tier top tier so I really aspire one day to be so huge that people will riot and cause death and property destruction uh, because of something I did. I mean, I, that that's the highest honor you can possibly have. Okay, he was released eventually, uh, and that's still kind of going on. I kind of haven't checked up on it in a while. Over in Tunisia, we had a security guard go absolutely bonkers. He killed three other security guards and two civilians at a local mosque in Tunisia, Really never got to the bottom of it because uh, other security guards were quick on the scene and they did kill him. And um, we're still not really sure of the motive of that. A story that I was positive was either fake news or grossly exaggerated happened in May. And this was the Brazilian doctor with the botched um, birth of the baby. And the headlines all said this Brazilian doctor decapitated a baby during the delivery. And I'm like, okay, come on, dude. Like, let's not exaggerate. But then this more and more outlet started covering it. And the dude literally ripped the head off the baby, like tore it off. And at the time I was like, 
that much, I mean, you had to like use some force. On the other hand, it is like a brand new, it's a neonate, it's a brand new fucking baby, and maybe it doesn't take that much force. Well, apparently not, because the all the stories said like they set the head aside. So yes, the head did come completely off the baby. And a man in the Czech Republic unfortunately died. He was uh, pleasuring himself. But he also made the poor decision to use a homemade anal toy, which he had inserted into himself. And something went wrong with his circuitry, and he was electrocuted to death while in mid-stroke. So I guess there's worse ways to go. Continuing in May, Podcast 348. All those Canadian wildfires roared through the country. You remember they like basically blacked out the entire East Coast. The Manhattan skyline was darkened. Uh, they ran rampant. They didn't have enough firefighters to control any of this. So basically a lot of it was just an out-of-control burn. A United States Department of State convoy was ambushed in Niger. And several local workers were killed in that ambush. Uh, we had our second marijuana execution in Singapore. And a happy story for me, Vice Media did declare bankruptcy. See, no matter, and remember, Vice Media used to be valued at billions and billions of dollars. And somehow, they just poured it down the shitter. That's why I always tell you guys, man, I saw the writing on the wall a long time ago when I did this podcast. I'm like, if I'm going to make money on this, it's not going to be through advertising, and it's not going to be anything. The only thing that's going to work is Patreon. And I've continued that. Again, we'll talk about Patreon later. What else? A Brazil, Another guy in Brazil in May, he had a practical joke played on him that he didn't appreciate. His boss handed him a drink, and the guy consumed the drink. Everybody started laughing, and it came out that his boss had contaminated his drink with, yes, bodily fluids, more specifically, semen. The guy didn't take kindly to that, and he promptly killed his boss. I love Brazil. Uh, let's see. Continuing in May, we had that school arson in Guyana, and many people were killed. And we also had that Tom's River, New Jersey elementary school math teacher. He, he was making pornographic videos in his classroom. Now... The kids were not present in the classroom at the time, but he was posting these videos of himself masturbating, and he would put them on his public Twitter page. And in addition to that, he sent his public Twitter page to one of his students who then saw that. And I'm like, dude, you, this, if you guys want to do something like that, I mean, have some basic OPSEC, dude, operational security, like maybe have a private Twitter page. Okay, Podcast 350, June 3rd, we had the India train disaster. Yeah, there's a derailment that killed dozens of people. And the Pentagon, in a rare moment of clarity, decided to ban drag shows on base. And then all the fucking woke vets, I remember this like it was yesterday, all the woke vets were like, men have been doing drag since the days of World War One, mister. And... They really don't see the difference between men in combat, you know, in a lighthearted moment putting on a dress, and he obviously has not abandoned his masculine heterosexual identity, and what we had going on in the military bases, which were professional disturbed men, drag queens, uh, who are suspicious, and they love doing this, okay? And, and, and these dumbass woke vets can't see the fucking... 
uh, distinction between the two. Men in combat versus hiring drag queens to come to your military base and perform. As I said at the time, it would never, ever, ever be acceptable to have, say, a bunch of strippers come over from the local strip club and shake their asses. And I'm not even, even if they kept their bikinis on or whatever, it would still, it, I mean, it wouldn't even be thought of. Because any man with his fucking head on his shoulders in the military would be like, wow, if I do this, I could probably get in some big trouble. But all of a sudden, if it's men in dresses, oh, that's different. It's very progressive. And what, oh, this story. I had almost forgotten about this until I was putting the year in review together. There was a grandmother in New Zealand. And her son and her son's friend were having breakfast in the house. And for some reason, and it didn't happen in the story, I remember this story, this grandmother comes up and fucking takes a knife and full-on stabs the son's friend right up the fucking coal chute. That's right. She hilted a 15-centimeter blade into this kid's rectum. Uh, obviously very mentally disturbed. Moving on in June... This was a cool story. You remember the Colombian kids that were found in the jungle that had survived for weeks? Yeah, their mother was with them on a plane. The plane goes down. She does not survive the crash. And apparently they were some type of, uh, they, were, they were part of some tribe. They were indigenous. And they kind of knew what to do in the jungle as far as survival. And they were able, they were very young children, but they were able to survive for weeks by themselves in the jungle. And these were young kids. I don't remember the exact ages, but they were both, Definitely under eight years old. Well, I won't say definitely because I don't remember, but I'm pretty, they were small children though. And also in June, again, continuing a theme, a medical doctor went on trial in the UK and he, remember this guy? He was accused of giving one of his uh, aides uh, hot drinks, right? And you kind of know where I'm going with here. Yes, she did taste something funny. She decided to send it to the lab and it did turn out the good doctor was putting his semen in her hot drinks. That's no good. A Canada highway accident was absolutely horrific. It killed 15 people. Huge accident up there in Canada and many casualties. Another kind of theme we saw throughout the year was dangerous rivers in Africa and one of them happened in June and it was a uh, Nigeria river drowning that claimed over 100 lives. And it's the same old story usually. It's like late, late at night, overloaded boats, no life jackets, everything else. And I don't think they even found most of the bodies. And again, one of my favorite stories of the year, very good, but didn't make the top big finish of the year, was that Penn State professor. Do you guys remember, remember this? Is this ringing a bell? Penn State professor. It's a big finish story. This was the guy who was filmed because the uh, local fish and game or the you know the park rangers or whatever, this was like a, a park, and they had gotten complaints about a nude man, so they decided to set up game cameras. Well, what they captured was this Penn State professor filming himself pleasuring himself in the park. Yes, he was masturbating. He was filming himself with an iPad all while trying to get his pet dog to lick his anus. <laughs> this was a respected... I remember at the time, this was a respected professor. He'd written many books, textbooks even. Like, again, upstanding member of society, and look what he's doing. And then um, 
they caught up with him because I remember they were able to see his license plate. And uh, as uh, I would give anything for the police body cam footage of when they showed up at his door. Uh, as I recall just right now, the steel trap mind is racing. I believe he was like, just kill me now. Because he knew as soon as they opened the door, like, hey, buddy, we need to talk. They did not kill him, though. And uh, continuing in June, the Russian Wagner Group had that famous coup, or fake coup, if you want to call it that. That's right. That was when the head of the Wagner Group, uh, Yevgeny Prigozhin, decided to basically march to Moscow. And he did, like, seize a major city along the way. They had guys in the street, and everybody was wondering, like, oh, is this the end? Is this the end for Putin? Is this finally going to do it? He did end up turning back. My speculation at the time was that a large check was written. But as you'll see, once you cross Putin, man, uh, there's probably no going back, even if you think you've mended things, and we'll get to that in a moment. A barbecue house in China exploded in June. That killed dozens of people. And a uh, another story happened in June that was one of the memes of the year that spawned many, many memes uh, you guys remember what it was? I'll give you a hint. It involved the ocean, and it involved the Titanic. Remember this? Yes, it was the submersible. That was in mid-June, and the Titanic submersible did implode on its way to go see the Titanic. Sadly, that father and son were killed, and I believe it was like three other people, and uh, it was just um, pretty, pretty shocking stuff. But again, if you're going to take homemade submarines, you probably know what you're getting into. Also in June, Hunter Biden accepted that first plea deal, and that had to do with the gun charges, that he lied on his application about using drugs when he had, in fact, smoked marijuana and other things, which I think is a stupid rule. But he did accept the plea deal. I'm going to remember, because this is notable, at the time, that plea deal included a clause that forgave any other transgressions that might arise later. Okay, key detail, remember that one. And a man got four years in prison for squirting his semen that he had put into a syringe on dozens of unsuspecting women. I mean, in my opinion, you should get life in prison for that. That's like a hazardous substance. Um, hazardous substance, it's disgusting. Okay, and going in to July, that was my first. Now, after June twenty fourth, that was the last. That was a podcast three fifty three. I then took the next week off. That was my first break of the year. So the next podcast after June twenty fourth was July seventh. Podcast three fifty four. What happened in July? Well, remember the South African bar that they discovered all those dead bodies in? Yeah, it killed dozens of people. It's a bunch of like underage drinkers. It turned out there was some kind of gas leak, but basically they found all these people dead in this bar, and it was like a lot, and most of them were, were very, very young. Something that happened several times in Mexico throughout the year were bus crashes, and a big one happened in July that killed two dozen people. Infamously, the United States in July decided finally to send cluster bombs to Ukraine. This was highly controversial because many of the countries around the world have banned these music munitions before. And uh, if, at the time, if you guys don't recall, a cluster bomb is a bomb filled with many bomblets. And the bomblets come out, and then they can scatter over a wide-ranging area. The controversy is many of them do not explode upon impact 
and they continue to lay around until some kid fucking wanders along and, and finds it. So that's why many countries around the world have banned cluster bombs. The United States is not one of those. Uh, famously in July, the Supreme Court of the United States had all those very controversial decisions. The big one was when they decided to end affirmative action at public universities and uh, and private universities. And I wildly approve of that. It shouldn't matter what race you are. It's ridiculous. All this nonsense about diversity and everything else, it doesn't matter, dude. I don't care if everybody's black, everybody's white, everybody's Asian, everybody's Hispanic. Like, you should take the people who meet the qualifications. I, it's so irritating to me when they're like, well, then their argument has always been like, well, no, this is, a, this is so important, having different ethnicities, that we have to let some in and keep some out based on skin color. And it's not. It's not important at all. It doesn't matter to me at all. All I want is for you to have gone through the same shit I went through in school, military, corporate America, academia, everything else, and they finally decided. Now, what's still up in the air is whether or not this is going to translate to the service academies, and they are undergoing litigation for that right now. They had, they exempted service academies for that because these are government-run institutions, which, in my opinion, even more so than a public or private university, we should have our government-run military institutions colorblind. They absolutely should be. It's, a, it's an absurd argument. None of it makes sense. All of it falls apart upon the least bit of aggressive questioning, which nobody in the dying media ever does, and uh, it's just a stupid concept. Everybody should be... Uh, there by merit, and I don't give a shit if that means you're uh, fucking all Mexican dwarves or, uh, you know, Irish amputees. That's it. That should be the end of the day. What else in July? Oh, uh, the viral video of the Thai dude, the guy from Thailand. He was attempting a penis enlargement, and he decided to, there was some rumor going around that if you let your penis be bitten many times by fire ants, then your penis will be permanently enlarged. And he did try it. He did put it on video. It did not work to enlarge his penis. However, it did work in the fact that he had to be hospitalized for many, many fire ant bites. There was a mass stabbing at a preschool in China. This one slipped under the radar a little bit. Uh, it did end up killing six people. Some lunatic went completely berserk, killed kids, teachers, everything else. India gets ready to launch their mission to the moon. In July, you guys remember those two Oregon mayors who both resigned? Yes, they did both resign over offensive memes. <laughs> they were they were forced out of office. I believe they were both going by memory. I know at least one of them was like an ultra conservative MAGA guy, and he was putting you know probably you know Pelosi for prison that kind of shit up, and uh, he decided to step down. Also in July, there was that crazy story about the former CIA officer, Central Intelligence Agency, and he was arrested for grooming an aspiring female agent. If you recall, this chick like linked up with this somehow. Her whole dream in life was to work for the CIA. And this guy was like, oh, I can help you with that. And uh, what he actually did was start grooming her so that he could have sex with her. And he was arrested. Going back to the UK, we had another dude pleasuring himself in public, and this one was notable because while he was pleasuring himself in public, he was also somehow penetrating himself with a banana. 
And I always just question, like, the dexterity. Like, how do you do both of those things at the same time? Please, make a video, put it on Pornhub. We'd all love to see that. Kenya went through massive raging street battles over tax hikes. What do I always say to you guys? I admire these. You know, you could say what you want about no law and order in some of these countries, but I will counter that by saying, you know what? At least they get out there. They get out there in the streets. The same shit happened in Lebanon last year when it was like a two-cent gas hike, and they go out and they completely riot and block the streets and throw flaming tires in the road, and they get after it. I mean, I'm not saying it's always the legal thing to do, but I do have to do a little bit of a tip in the hat for that. July is also when the IRS whistleblowers testified to Congress about Hunter Biden. That's when they came up there and they said basically that they were told to ignore certain things. And that's when also the media decided that government whistleblowers were bad. A huge coincidence, I'm sure. There was the uh, mountain gondola death in Canada. And this was on video. Remember this, this gondola hit like a piece of construction equipment. It was like some kind of big digger machine. And the gon- the digger like ran into the gondola or something. It did result-, result in one person being killed. And we also had in July a German guy who met that dude on a dating app. He told him, you know what you should do? You should embiggen your penis by injecting oil with it because I do that and look how big my schwanz is. Unfortunately, it did not work and his date did pass away. Yes, he was killed by getting his genitals injected with oil. Continuing on to the uh, nearing the end of July, we had that coup in Niger. Yep, still going on there. A school roof collapsed in China and that killed 10 children. Going back to Hunter Biden, that first plea deal he took did collapse. It did not end up working out. And also in July, a federal judge decided to throw out Bo freaking Bergdahl's court-martial conviction. Yes. And I believe, I don't have it in my notes here, but I believe it had something to do with uh, because these commanders on the military court-martial, you know, because when you guys, if you guys don't know, in the military, if you're court-martialed, the people in the jury are other military officers. And I believe the defense said, like, well, Trump had called for Bergdahl to, like, get the death penalty, so all these officers in the jury were unduly influenced by command, and so he decided to toss the whole thing. Now, I think he is getting retrialed. I haven't kept up on it because, frankly, I hate the guy with a passion, and I have no interest and just recall, Bo Bergdahl is the guy who went AWOL in Afghanistan and then was captured by the Taliban. He spent like five years with them. And then when he was well, remember Obama got him back? And Obama held that press conference in the Rose Garden with the weird hippie dad who was like a convert to Islam or something. And, and the dad was like, re, the dad was at the podium with Obama. I'll never forget this. The dad was at the podium with Obama. Obama's standing off the side, and this guy starts like praying in Arabic and throwing out verses from the Quran. And Obama's just like staring at his shoes, like, uh, this is, this looks bad, doesn't it? <laughs> totally cracked me up, dude. Yep. Obama's smart enough to know that this is not a good look. Also, at the end of July, we had those Seattle vagrants uh, battling each other. For drug turf. Remember, this was right by the hospital. And these guys were using IEDs. That's right. Improvised explosive devices. Molotov cocktails. They were throwing them at each other. 
And this is all going on right outside a hospital. And like usual in Seattle, the authorities did nothing. And they will never do anything until many people are killed or injured. And that's the only time they reluctantly act. Like, you know, what do I always say, you guys? As soon as the first tent pops up, you got to go over there and say, nope. Move along. And I'm not talking about a tent with a family on a picnic. It's pretty fucking obvious distinction between the family picnic with the tent and the guy who's got pocketfuls of meth and fentanyl with the tent. It's not too hard. I can go down to the local park here and point out right now who is a vagrant with a tent and who is a normal people with a tent. It's not difficult. As soon as one goes up, you got to tell them to move along because guess what? If you don't, when you come back tomorrow, what do you get? You get two tents, and then four, and then eight, etc. You got to get on it right now. Uh, also, at the end of July, again, one of my favorite big finishes of the year, there was a guy in Australia, and he was kind of like hanging out. Remember, they had that weird school that had like some kind of uh, livestock program where they you know, taught kids how to be farmers. So the school had a, uh, you know, an, an, a, a section with animals. And this guy had broken into one of the, what do they call them? Fucking, I know, I'm such a city boy. Um, sheds, barns, I guess a barn of some sort. This guy broke into a barn, and he was banging not just the sheep, but he was also banging cows and goats. He did not discriminate, and he must have done this for a long, long time, and they finally caught up to him, and... Uh, that's just, uh, that's great. That's what you're known for, bro. Good job. All right, moving into podcast 358 on August 4th of this year. A South Korean kid ran over a bunch of people with his car on purpose, and then he gets out of the car, he runs into the subway station, and he decided to stab a bunch of people too. And I actually, miraculously, I'm not sure if anybody was killed in that. I don't quite remember. But um, notable, again, South Korea is considered extremely safe, so this is very, very weird. In... This time also, NASA screwed up their Voyager 2 satellite. Yeah, they gave them they gave the satellite an incorrect command and it resulted in the satellite's antenna somehow tipping away from Earth and so they couldn't communicate it. Now, I did actually look into this one when I was prepping. They were able to fix this. It took a couple weeks, but they were and I'm just very confused about how they did that if the antenna is not facing away from Earth. They have to like wait for it to like you know move a certain way, the entire satellite. The story didn't really lay out. I'm sure it's incredibly technical, but that is, that's a crazy feat of engineering. I mean, it, yes, you fucked up, but then you were able to fix it, which I thought was fairly remarkable. And the Mexico cartels, I covered them many times throughout the year. And in August was when they decided to show off some of their armament. And that viral video went around. You see all the Mexican cartels, and they're showing off their up-armored vehicles. These guys had, like, they were kind of homemade. But still, they were taking videos of them, like, all kitted up. And they had these, like, massive armored vehicles. And this is what they'd use and to roll around various towns in Mexico and terrorize everybody. At this time, also, we had a vagrant in Florida... And he decided to break into a church playground because he wanted to charge his phone. That's not the only thing he wanted to do, though. Yes, he did pleasure himself in the church's kids' playground also. 
All right. We also had the Ecuador presidential candidate get assassinated in August. And that was all captured on video and it went viral. Iraq decided to ban the term homosexual. They looked at it as a Western deviancy. And the big story probably of all of August was, of course, the Maui fires kicked off. They completely destroyed the town of Lahaina. The official death toll still sits at like 100-something, but there were you know, many people missing and uh, people just turned to ash. And I, I did hear from several of you first responders who were tasked to go out in Maui, including a guy, you know, is one of the canine handlers. And he said the dogs pretty much stopped hitting on everything immediately because the fire burnt so hot that it was, there's everything was ash. And as you guys may recall, if you've been listening, I went into quite some detail about the Maui fires how they started, the high winds, downed electrical lines, and then just basic incompetence by the authorities who decided to, well, that fire's out, we can go now, and they would leave, uh, the water lines weren't working, uh, uh, everything else like that, and it's just devastating. It's probably the worst thing to happen in the entire history of uh, Maui, I'm sure. And that continued for quite some time. Many, many questions came out. There were resignations, everything else. Also in August was when the FBI decided to go out to Utah with a full tactical team in full kit and armored vehicles to confront that fat old guy for making those threatening Facebook posts about Joe Biden. And the FBI did this in a pre-dawn raid. They ended up killing the dude. Now, I can see where somebody who... Uh, is a far left winger say good you got what's coming to you but uh, I've always said I've been fairly consistent on this where I I don't get the kicking in the door pre-dawn raid thing I just don't get it especially I saw this dude's picture he was like this obese old man and as I always ask why don't you just wait for him to come out and check the mailbox and walk up like have like an FBI guy you know jogging by as a jogger and then you just grab him and put the cuffs on what do you need? All, I mean, I get it, guys. I get it, cops. I know sometimes you guys want to get in the kit, and I know you want to kick in doors and throw fucking nine bangers and fucking zip tie people. I get it. I mean, that's part of the rush of being a cop, right? But this was just some fat old guy on the internet. I mean, give me a break. And also at this time, that crazy Boston medical doctor he was on a cross-country flight, and this nutcase decided to pull his penis out and pleasure himself in front of a 14-year-old girl. Like, this is, that was a recurring theme throughout the year as I, as I marveled at men's urges. As I always say, like, dude, if it was that bad, like, all of a sudden, your penis is like, dude, I'm going to explode right now. Why not just get up, go to the bathroom, and... Finish in there, which is disgusting in itself as well, but you're not going to have your life ruined, be labeled a sex offender, go to jail, possibly lose your medical license, everything else for that. So it just always baffles me. Also in August, the infamous British nurse was found guilty of murdering seven babies. She called herself a monster in court. Yeah, she would inject these kids with... Uh, Various things. She injected one with insulin. She would inject some of them with air, causing an air bubble in their bloodstream. She would 
actually physically assault them as well, and she was found guilty. They don't have the death penalty over there, of course, unfortunately. There was also the viral video that went around of the Spanish matador in August, and a bull, he, he fucking didn't get out of the way fast enough, and a bull gores him. Now, that in itself is not unusual, but what happened in this one is the bull's horn went right up the guy's fucking asshole. Yes, he was gored in the rectum. It's all on video. If you guys are going to go see it and look it up, Google it. Uh, he was in the hospital for a long time, but he did not die, which I guess is good. Further moving in, uh, further moving in August, Den uh, Denmark ominously starts to talk about the banning of the burning of the Quran because they had a few dudes do that over there. Next thing you know, people in the Middle East are going ballistic and looting their embassies, burning them down, everything else. India, in the end of August, did end up landing on the moon. Now, notably, there were two moon missions at that time, India and Russia. India's was successful. The Russian moon mission did fail. It was unsuccessful. The aforementioned Yevgeny Prigozhin, the Wagner Group boss, the Russian mercenary group, was killed in that, big air quotes here, plane crash. And uh, Russia promptly investigated itself, said uh, the, the final tally, they said something on board was detonated. And that's pretty much all they said, leaving it open the possibility like, well, maybe it was one of Prigozhin's aides who had a grenade on the boat. We don't know. But they claim that something aboard the plane exploded, and that's why the plane crashed. They denied it was any kind of missile or any, anything else. And who's to say otherwise? It's not like we have access to that area, so we'll never really know. The famous Trump mugshot was released in Georgia. You guys remember that? I had a big, uh, I had a big poll on if he was going to go goofy grin or scowl, and yes, it was the scowl. And as predicted, that mugshot ended up on many T-shirts, many mugs, and various other things that they could sell and fundraise off of. The first Republican debate happened at the end of August. Uh, fairly boring. That fake gold mystery in Zambia baffled people. Yeah, they, they got this whole fucking pallet full of gold bars, but when they looked closely, it turned out to be lead, not gold, and nobody knew where it came from or how everybody was duped. And yet another man was arrested for a semen-related incident, and this time it was a guy who was in the Walmart, and yes, he did the same shit. He jizzed into a syringe and decided to spray the syringe on an unsuspecting shopper. Luckily, they got a hold of him. This is why I avoid Walmart at all costs. And then South Africa had a building fire that killed at least 75 people. And this actually made a lot of news in the U.S. because it was the plight of the poor type thing. And there were many such buildings. It was a rundown old-ass building, and it was a massive fire, and uh, 75 people were killed. I continue to stand by my prediction that in the next year or two, we will see South Africa completely collapse because it's really at the end of its rope right now. France banned the Muslim abaya dress, and that was too great controversy as well, and that's the one that like covers your face. Uh, we had a United States Marine Corps Osprey crash right at the end of August, and we did have a result in the penis oil injection trial that I invent that I mentioned earlier, that guy got five years in prison. That's it. Five years. That's what blew my mind. I'll have a full 
um, roundup of famous people we lost. And this guy might be on the list, but I just decided to write it down because the music reminded me. Uh, Jimmy Buffett passed away in late August as well. So moving into September, podcast 363. That crazy Morocco earthquake, that killed about 3,000 people. And in the first week of September, it was also revealed that North Korea had a submarine with nukes. Yes, nuclear missiles. And they announced that they would start patrolling the local area with this nuclear-armed sub, uh, missile submarine. So um, I'm, I'm anticipating a either sudden ending to that by us or probably it'll be a mechanical failure on their part. Massive flooding hit Libya in September. And speaking of North Korea, that was also first two weeks of September was when um, Vladimir Putin met with Kim Jong-un. And this was in the very, very far, if you're looking at a map of Russia, it's like the far right corner, right where the Russian border hits the North Korean border. And Kim Jong-un like took some kind of train over there or something. It was just across the border. They did meet. Uh, Putin needed weapons and everything else for his stupid war in Ukraine, and the North Koreans probably wanted food and technology and everything else. A stolen Vincent Van Gogh painting was mysteriously returned, and everybody kept, was kept anonymous, so we really don't know what happened with that one. The famous Brussels terrorist bombing that happened a few years back. Those terrorists were finally convicted. It only took like fucking six years. Hallelujah. And this is when we first learned about the Virginia state legislator running, I'm sorry, legislator candidate, that chick who was running for the state house in Virginia. And she got very upset that her chatterbait porn videos were found. And I remember this because she was like outraged saying, this is dirty politics. And I'm like, sweetheart, you posted yourself sucking off your husband, among other things, to the internet. Like, this wasn't like somebody got a hold of your cell phone and leaked the videos. You posted this in public, and she was very upset about it. Uh, she did end up losing the race, but not by very much. And she's still bitching about it, by the way. I saw that like a week ago. What else happened in September? Oh, this was a good one. The Sikh community leader in Canada was murdered in that drive-by shooting outside the Sikh temple. You guys remember that one? Because that led to all kinds of diplomatic problems between India and Canada. Uh, India, this, uh, Canada said, uh, India, because Canada first said, well, the government of India is behind this assassination. So in protest, the Indian government expelled all those Canadian diplomats. And then I did the story, I think the last podcast I did, maybe it's maybe the one before that, but like a couple weeks ago, that they found the United States started looking into this too, and they found this was really like a worldwide plot. They were going to try to do the same thing in the United States. Fucking huge mess. Uh, again, the Sikhs in India are considered a persecuted minority. They want their own like autonomous region, and the uh, Indian government does not look kindly upon that. So that's why they think the Indian government didn't like this guy because he was in, even though he was in Canada, he was constantly talking about the same shit. They didn't really like it. They sent a couple gunmen uh, with automatic weapons, by the way, long guns, and killed him. In September, the Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky, did visit the United States, spoke before Congress, everything else. Uh, as you will see in my podcast for this week, the U.S. border was in complete chaos. That pretty much happened all year long, but September was especially bad. 
we had the fire chief who was caught pleasuring himself in that grocery store parking lot. <laughs> Again, bro, just go home. Just do it at home. And also in September, a uh, British guy broke into one of his friend's homes and he was, uh, they had security cameras inside apparently, but he did pleasure himself into his friend's underwear drawer. Yes, it was a woman. And he did finish right into the drawer filled with her panties. Okay, also in September, you guys will remember this one. Remember the crazy Iraqi wedding fire? 120 plus people killed in that. And the vi- and there was, there was video of it when it started because remember they had all kinds of like weird uh, paper decorations on the ceiling. So once something ignited, and I don't know if they ever found out what exactly ignited, but the whole place went up quick. And the exits were not apparently very clear, and there was a big stampede, and 120-plus people at a wedding, no less, were burned to death. Really sad. Also, another theme throughout the year was Pakistan dealing with rising militancy. And in September, they had that Pakistani suicide bomber that targeted the religious parade. And like several other attacks, this one was also caught on video. I believe I posted it to both of my social media channels. Uh, at Near the end of September, we found out that the United States Navy SEALs were going to be tested for steroids. Now, this kind of came about after the death of that one kid who was going through BUDS, basic, uh, basic underwater demolition school, the SEAL selection. That happened last year, and it turned out that he was on steroids as was many of the class, and as were many of the instructors, it turned out. So the United States Navy, in trying to say, look, we're doing something about here, announced that not only will BUDS candidates now be screened for steroids, but also it's going to be Navy SEAL platoon-wide. They're going to start screening for steroids. So look for many, many more skinnier Navy SEALs in the future. Of course, you know what, though? The thing is, as I've said several times, most of the guys who are in, they do it legally, so to speak, in as far as they go to their medic or corpsman or whatever, and they say, like, hey, man, I feel very tired. I must have low testosterone. Could you give me a prescription? And the doctor, playing along because he wants to be bros, says, why, of course, yes, indeed, we will test you. God forbid you don't eat for a while because that would result in a low test result, if you know what I mean. So we'll test you. Oh, look, your testosterone is low. Here's a prescription for uh, testosterone therapy. So that's what usually happens. I doubt very many of them are getting like illegal, you know, uh, TRT or steroids or anything else. I'm pretty sure they're smart enough to be like, oh, I'll just get a prescription. And there's so many options to get prescriptions now. You guys know that. In September, Dianne Feinstein did pass away, the California senator who had long had dementia, didn't even know where she was anymore. She finally did uh, pass away. Another one of my favorite big finish stories of the year was in September. This was that very, very famous and respected British crocodile expert, right? And he was eventually found, I don't remember exactly how it happened, he was fa- it was found out that he was banging dogs and he wasn't just banging dogs he had on his property and and he was he was a british national i think he was living in either australia or new zealand i can't remember 
But on his property, he actually had some kind of container ship box, like one of those Connexes or something. And he had turned it into like this dog rape dungeon. And he had it outfitted with like, you know, devices and cameras. Yes, he was filming all of this and he was uploading it to like, you know, bestiality telegram channels, etc. And again, highly upstanding member of society. Completely blows my mind. We finally move into October. And I think you guys can all guess what the big story of October was that kicked off during the first week. It was the invasion of Israel by Hamas terrorists. Uh, it's it absolutely insane. Um, the New York Times actually, I don't, can't remember if I added it to this week's podcast or not, but the New York Times did a very uh, good interactive article about how exactly they did this with video accompaniment and everything else. I mean, they they... They took out the border cameras. They took out the automatic machine guns at the border with drop by dropping drone bombs on them. They used bulldozers to plow through the fence. Just the Israeli military was completely incompetent. They didn't anticipate any of this ever happening. And remember a few podcasts ago, I pointed out that they kind of had this war plan from Hamas for a long time, but... What did I tell you? I remember doing the very first Israeli Hamas right when it happened. I talked about it on the podcast, and I said, this is complacency. And everything I've seen so far has fully backed me up. The Israeli military and every politician was like, yeah, we know they have this plan, but there's no way they can pull this off. It wasn't very complicated, really, if you look at it. And it didn't take a lot. Few drones, few bombs, and the, the one thing they did know because they had—they're still looking into this. Somehow they had pretty good intelligence about Israel's military capability. One of the first things they did, Hamas, was go and assault that army base that housed like a lot of the communications for the military in that region, that border region. And that was one of the first things they did was take that base out, and that really crippled the whole thing. And that's why you saw hours and hours of no response. Hamas militants on highways spraying cars. They obviously did the the famous parachuting into the music festival, killed a bunch of people. Um, 1,200 plus Israelis were killed in that attack. And as I said at the time, again, there was a horrible war crime by Hamas. They killed unarmed women and children. And I said, Israel is going to go nuclear and they are going to commit war crimes themselves. As far as we define it, that doesn't mean I approve or disapprove. I'm just saying as far as we define it, they are definitely committing war crimes by dropping huge bombs into population centers, um, killing many children. Now, the numbers are in dispute because all numbers come from the Gaza Health Ministry, and so we really don't know. But it's unde- it's undeniable that thousands of civilians have been killed in this counterattack by Israel. I mean, I can't blame them. I would be fucking enraged as well. But that's the facts, and that's kind of where we are with that. You guys have been kept up uh, this whole time. The Speaker of the United States House of Representatives, Kevin McCarthy, was kicked out of office, and he didn't later announce his intention to resign his seat. Was it he? Was he the first House Speaker ever booted out of office? I want to say he was, but he definitely made history, definitely in the modern area. Uh, I also did the big finish story about the man riding the subway in New York City who was seen ejaculating on a woman's face while she was sleeping on the subway. Never sleep on the New York City subway. Ever, ever, ever. And I don't think they ever caught that guy. Moving into October, 
the country of New Zealand decided to elect a right-wing prime minister, and he brought in a right-wing government. And this was after the very left-wing previous prime minister, Jacinda Ardern. She was the left darling during COVID, recall. She decided to eventually resign, and in response, they decided they didn't like any of her policies, so they elected some right-winger, at least right-winger by their standards, pretty moderate by ours. There was another gold heist mystery when a bunch of gold was stolen out of Canada. You guys know I love the heist stories. That NFL player, I don't have his name written down, but he was arrested for murdering his mother. Remember his mom was found like dead outside the house by a little creek that ran by her house. And then this guy like ran down to Mexico or something and he was making all these weird videos and putting them on Instagram. You know, way to, way to lay low, bro. But the police did end up eventually catching up to him and arresting him for murder. Uh, this one was good, too. Also in October, there was an autistic school in Indiana, and they had a worker there who liked to pleasure himself in front of the kids. <laughs> he just, yeah, yeah. He would just stand there. He's like, ah, these kids don't know what I'm doing. And he would just uh, kind of jack it a little bit. I think it was under his pants. I don't think he pulled it out. Yes, also in October, the Norwegian castration fetish site owner did plead guilty to severing that man's penis. So that was the end of a long-running saga. Uh, also in October, the, India, the Indian Supreme Court in the country of India decided to not legalize gay marriage. Now, there were some caveats to that. They did say they did do some things for the gay community, but they did stop short of making gay marriage legal in India. Vladimir Putin's killer dolphin program was revealed where he was going to use dolphins to like strike underwater divers and everything else. And uh, that was that came out in some classified intelligence. A Las Vegas district attorney was caught in an underage sex ting. Yeah, that's right. He was trying to get some young strange. A district attorney. Like I said, guys, highest members of society. Uh, another one of my favorite big finish stories was the DoorDash driver. He was picking up food for a client at a Mexican restaurant and he chills in the parking lot and he, he decides to jack it and he ended up finishing into the customer's food. Now, in a rare case of a uh, fast food place or a you know, burrito shop or whatever, in the rare case of them doing the right thing, an alert worker apparently saw him like in the parking lot doing something so they went and made efforts to contact this woman before she got her food. But by the time they were able to put two and two together, track the driver down, and then where he was going, everything else, they worked with DoorDash to try to ascertain this. By the time they did contact the woman, and they did contact her, she had already consumed the food. So that's, you guys ask me why I don't have food delivered here. There you go. All right, and then moving into late October, November, uh, this was my second break, by the way. But uh, October 21st was Podcast 369, and then the next one after that was November 4th, so I took that week off. And that was when I, I had something come up the last minute, and I was forced to cancel. I was pretty pissed about it. But I did take a break. So moving into November, we had the earthquake in Nepal that killed over 100 people. Very poor area, very, very isolated, rural, mountainous, difficult to get first responders in there. And also in that week, we had the country of Pakistan 
began those massive deportations. Remember that? I talked about it. They, they had talked about it, and the world was condemning them. The entire world was saying, how dare you? And Pakistan didn't care. And they began deporting. And this was almost specifically, they, they said every foreigner who wasn't supposed to be there. But this was seen as going after all the Afghans, the Afghani people. Sorry, Afghan is a cloth. Um, the Afghani people that had been crossed the border to get away from the Taliban and had made new homes in Pakistan. But the only problem was they never got a permission to do most of it. Most of them never got permission. And the Pakistan government didn't trust them, again, because of the rising militancy in their country. And they started carrying out massive deportations. And they didn't care what anybody thought. They were like bulldozing shit. They were kicking people out who'd been there for like years and years and years. They did not care. And they're probably still going on to this day. And, <laughs> boy, just, just going through these stories now, I forget how many involved bodily fluids. Here was yet another one, though. This one was funny. There was that lawsuit against the Ritz-Carlton. And the Ritz-Carlton, if you don't know, is a very high-end hotel. Very expensive there was a lawsuit against the Ritz-Carlton because one of their guests received a water bottle that had been contaminated with, yes, <laughs> semen again. And I remember reading it. I remember doing this on the podcast, and I remember it was like a lady. It was late at night, and she called room service to have some water delivered. And I was speculating at the time, and I, I could just picture like some room service guy, he's looking at his phone. It's like 2 a.m. He's like, oh, cool. Finally, I can just chill out and watch porn or whatever. And all of a sudden, this fucking entitled lady rings him up asking water. And he was probably like, you bitch, you fucking bitch. I'll show you. And that's when he went ahead and contaminated the water bottle. And, and yes, it was tested. Like they took it to be tested by a lab and they didn't confirm there was semen in it. Crazy. Oh, and also a great big finish story and that podcast as well was the elementary school janitor and he was videoing himself um messing around with the school cafeteria utensils what exactly do i mean well he's making videos himself um pleasuring himself and ejaculating on the cafeteria utensils but even more well not more but practically more gross than that he was also rubbing his anus on the school cafeteria utensils. So they caught up to him as well. Also in November, we had those big riots in Spain, and they were over the uh, Catalan separatist amnesty. Was, uh, I didn't know a lot about it, but I remember there there were some terrorist actions by the region of Catalan in Spain uh, back in the day, and the new government had said, well, we are going to give you all amnesty, and the Spanish people did not care for that, and they had huge riots all over the country. And also, the Portugal prime minister decided to just up and quit, had had enough. In November as well, the Columbia Hippo Sterilization Program was brought to light, and this all came about because of the famed drug lord Pablo Escobar, who had two hippos imported. After he was killed, these hippos fucking went out and started banging, and they created a whole shitload of hippos that were absolutely decimating the Columbia countryside. I mean, they're huge animals. You could see it, right? So the Columbia government didn't want to kill them, I guess, because, well, that, that was an option, as I recall. Again, the animal rights people made a huge stink about it. 
And so they decided we were going to go out, we're going to trank, tranquilize these hippos, and we're going to do surgery on them while they're under. And at the time, I described it as kind of a, uh, it's no no joke. because they, they needed like a team of like eight people to carry out the surgery. And, you know, you don't know if the hippo's going to wake up and they got to do this one at a time and there's a shitload of hippos there. So that was a, that was a great story. Another long story I covered from the very beginning was the cyclist love triangle murder. You guys remember that one? Caitlin Armstrong was the murderer, and she decided to go kill, murder, her sometime on-again, off-again boyfriend's lover, uh, who was a professional cyclist. And she then, remember, after the murder, the cops inexplicably did not hang on to her. They questioned her. But then they let her go, and then she fled the country. And remember, they caught up to her, finally. She fled the country using, like, a fake passport. Uh, I marveled at her resourcefulness, actually, at the time. And went to Costa Rica. There was some speculation about plastic surgery being done, et cetera, et cetera. Well, she was eventually arrested. And then I remember, she, while she was in jail, she tried to make a run for it. She just ran, like, stupidly. They're going to catch you. But that was on video as well. They had video of her, like, running away, and they finally caught up to her. Well, that trial, she was found guilty, and the entire saga came to an end when she was sentenced to, like, 90 years in prison. So she'll be in prison for the rest of her life, unless they get some kind of lib governor who decides to feel sorry for her and let her out. Uh, we also had the guy in North Carolina who got four years in prison. He was selling videos of himself banging dogs for uh, five bucks. <laughs> it's like, dude... You know, there's a lot easier way to earn five bucks than making videos of yourself banging dogs. I'm just saying. Also in November, we're getting down to it. Uh, Argentina elected that new crazy president they have, the guy with the big hair and all that stuff. And uh, he so far has been doing what he says he would do. He said, you know, we're going to slash the government. He halved the number of ministries in the government. And now there's big rioting actually going on down there. And the guy, to his credit, did say, like, listen, we have to change, and it's going to be painful before it gets better. Well, right now it's painful because he's cutting all kinds of shit. He actually came out and said this week that he was going to uh, cut the welfare of people caught blocking streets in protests, and that's, like, another big deal. But he did say it's going to be painful before it gets better. He's determined to put that socialist um, government that they've had for decades in Argentina back to a model of cap uh, capitalism. And, you know, he's like kind of in the Trump mold. He's got the crazy hair, fiery speech. He's always going on and on about the communists. And it was a super shocking upset when he won the presidency. So we'll keep an eye on that one. The unrest in Ireland kicked off after that migrant went and stabbed a kid near a school. <clears throat> and you guys remember, this wasn't that long ago. Conor McGregor, the UFC fighter, weighed in. Uh, people were burning down fucking migrant centers and shit like that in Ireland. The uh, the prime minister, who is of Indian descent, his parents were Indian immigrant, he came out and denounced them, all that. That was the same prime minister, by the way, who was bitching about how many white people they had in Ireland, <laughs> much like the Scottish prime minister, who's of Pakistani descent. Uh, you got to love these guys. They get into office in very white countries and start bitching that there's too many white people. You, you can't make this shit. And it would only be acceptable against white people. As I've said a hundred times. Imagine if some fucking, by some miracle, 
some white kid was born in Nigeria, lived in Nigeria his whole life, and then he becomes a member of parliament, and he stands up there saying, there's too many fucking black people here. That's what these people are literally doing. It sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Yeah, but but if it's white people, it's completely acceptable. Blows my mind. Uh, also in November, we had the famous New York statute law expiring, and this was the Survivors Act thing. New York decided to pass this law that did sunset on December 1st, but basically it said, like, there is no statute of limitation for any sex crimes. We're going to have this law for, like, a couple of years, but then it's going to go away. So if you have any sex crime allegations, you can get it in, and tons of people did, and all kinds of high-profile names were caught up in it, uh, getting served all kinds of lawsuits, uh, including P. Diddy or Puff Daddy, the hip-hop mogul, among others, and, you know, a lot of them are probably bullshit and some of them were like decades and decades old and we also were introduced to a florida man who was uh, had the cops called him because somehow he managed to be pleasuring himself while riding a bicycle which i really did marvel at i thought that was uh like how do you even do that i can't even drive and do it i can't imagine trying to do it on a bicycle Russia labeled the global LGBT movement as an extremist threat. That's a direct quote, extremist threat. They said these people are they're out to undo Russia, and they we want nothing to do with them, and we've got to get rid of these people ASAP. New Zealand backtracked on banning cigarettes, probably because of the new right-wing government. And in the second story I did in that month, uh, France banned smoking almost everywhere. Not the cafes, of course, but in like a lot of the parks, outdoor areas, everything else. They said, uh, they said you'll not smoke a cigarette. And nobody will pay attention to that. Another great big finish story was the... Uh, Arizona hospital security guard who was caught banging the 79-year-old woman's corpse. And yes, they did find his DNA on the corpse and in the corpse, which I'm assuming means he finished. And Shane McGowan from the Pogues did pass away. Moving into December, that Indonesian volcanic eruption killed 23 people. They were hiking the fucking volcano. Bad idea. When it decided to erupt and uh, most of them were killed. Some people did get away. We had the Italian and Spanish police working together to bust that fake olive oil ring. And then, as I alluded to earlier, Hunter Biden had another indictment. And this one was over his taxes. Far more serious than that silly gun indictment. And this is what I was saying. They did When they did that first fucking plea deal, they were like, okay... Well, we want him shielded from all future prosecutions. That was the deal. And they had it in place, and then it collapsed. Well, then this one came out, and he's not shielded from it anymore. Like He owes like a shit ton of money. Or owed. Some people claim he paid it back. I don't really know. Uh, Putin goes to meet with the Saudis. They did have a big summit. It was all smiling and backslapping and everything else, and we are completely shut out of that. Some of Hamas's sexual crimes were revealed. Remember, early in the war, there was a lot of claims being thrown around, like, well, they're raping women and all that, and the Hamas defenders are like, well, there's no evidence of that. And I'm like, well, they, 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 killed little, they killed women and little babies. Would it shock you to know that they sexually assaulted women as well? And many of the survivors' testimony at the United Nations did confirm, yes, there were sex crimes committed by that, yet another war crime. And a Florida security guard was arrested in December after seeking a threesome with himself and 
his dog. <laughs> that is correct. And the last podcast before this one, finally we get to, and I'll have an update on this story in a moment, the Israeli military killed those Israeli hostages who were apparently waving a white flag. They thought it was some kind of ruse by Hamas militants. Uh, I did that great story about the Illinois mayor who got money. He was getting money from that strip club for decades. Yeah, him and his whole family, and he kept upping his price, and they had to pay him, like, I think it started at six grand a month in cash. We had the story about the transgender hooker who murdered her John. By John, I mean her client. And the story was that uh, she was pleasuring him orally, and uh, he then finds out she's transgender somehow, and he refused to pay. And that's when she said, uh, you bitch, give me my money, and he did not, and she did murder him. And then finally we did, and I'll have an update th on this one in this week's podcast. We had the United States Senate staffer filmed getting ass-banged in the Senate briefing room. <laughs> this is just... This is just unfucking believable. What a country we live in. That, you guys, that is the year in review section. So we're not done yet, though. I've got a whole kind of, well, no, I wouldn't say like a whole regular size podcast, but I've got the rest of it to go. So why don't we get into it? And this is all stuff that happened in the last week. Let us start in Liberia. This is something else, a running theme that I've covered throughout the year, years, I should say. There was a gas tanker explosion, and it killed more than 40 people there. Now, you guys can probably guess what's coming next. Because what happened was, there was an accident with the fuel tanker. It overturned. Fuel started leaking out of it. You know where I'm going yet? And... People, yes, started rushing to scoop up the fuel from the overturned tanker. The tanker then exploded. Now, so far, it's only 40 people, but the country's health minister said the number of fatalities could rise because they have at least 83 people severely injured. Yeah, dude, this happens all... I've covered these... In, uh, usually, I don't think I've covered one outside of Africa. I think they've all been in Africa, these fuel or pipeline explosions like this. But Liberia, not exactly a great place to live. Uh, more than four-fifths of the population do not have sufficient access to food, according to the World Bank. And prices for things like rice and oil have soared throughout the last couple of years. Just last November, Liberia held presidential elections, and the I covered it in one of the podcasts. The rising cost of living was basically the main thing. And the government at the time was led by that former soccer star, George Weah. He lost to a guy named Joseph Boakai. Hmm. Some more stats here. The accident itself probably happened because sub-Saharan Africa has the worst road safety record in the world. Uh, let me see here. One spokesman for a medical center in Monrovia, which is the largest in Liberia, said the hospital received 28 people on Wednesday with burns from the first degree burns to third degree. Two of them have since died and they don't have a specialized burn unit. 
So they didn't really they weren't really prepared for this. They had to bring him into the ER, the emergency room, and then they kind of had to make do with what they had. So look for the um, death toll to increase. Over to Denmark. Breaking story today. Denmark has a queen. I know. You didn't know that. That's okay. I didn't know it either. And her name is Margreth, M-A-R-G-R-E-T-H-E. This is Queen Margreth, Margreth II. And she is in the news because she has decided to announce a surprise abdication. And she announced it today, December 31st, New Year's Eve. And she said this on a TV, national, national TV address. She will abdicate the throne on January 14th. That will be 52 years to the day since she became queen. Damn. She's 83 years old. She's the longest serving monarch in Europe. Uh, she took the throne after the death of her father, King Frederick IX, in 1972. And I, she says that the decision was made after a period of reflection following surgery on her back earlier this year. And uh, she said, quote, the surgery naturally gave rise to thinking about the future, whether the time had come to leave the responsibility to the next generation, end quote. That's a Danish accent, right? So she decided to do it now. Now, they do have a prime minister, of course. She's a figurehead. The prime minister is really the guy named uh, Met Fredriksen, thanked the queen. Unlike the Brits, oh, that was another big story I didn't do of this last year was uh queen elizabeth II died and fucking that goofball prince charles is now king so if you care about that which i did not but unlike the british royal tradition there will be no formal crowning ceremony for the new king who will be crown prince frederick he's 55 by the way he will take her place as king of denmark and head of state in the country which is a constitutional monarchy and they don't do the big ceremony like the Brits do. They just like basically say, hey, you're king now. And uh, they announce him from the castle in Copenhagen. Okay. She's very popular, is Queen Margrethe in Denmark. Many Danes expected her to remain on the throne until her death. She actually, I'm sorry, Queen Elizabeth II died in 2022. But King Charles did have the ceremony this year. So, And this chick actually went to the funeral of Queen Elizabeth second so she had not been expected to become queen when she was born but when she was 13 the fucking law was changed and that law finally allowed women to take the throne uh that's great some consider her the world's longest reigning monarch now, the Sultan of Brunei has been on the throne for longer, but his country only gained independence in 1984. So, speculative on that. She's also the second longest-serving monarch in Danish history. She was beaten only by King Christian IV of Denmark and Norway, who was on the phone for 60 years. Uh, she's affectionately known as Daisy. She's known for her heavy smoking. <laughs> See, it's all genetics, you guys. Doesn't matter. Still fucking rock and roll. Still lucid enough to make a nationwide television address at 83 years old. She also rejected um, cell phones. She didn't like that. She said, I don't need the cell phone. I don't need mobile phones. I don't need the internet. She said she's very happy without them. 
All right. Very good. Now you guys know a lot more about Denmark and uh, ex- that also, ex- you know, helps me as well. Let us go now to something a little bit more serious. I'm going to give you guys a update on the Israel Hamas war. And I actually did. I anticipated this. Remember during the year in review, I said the massive failures and I mentioned a New York times article. I forgot that I had added that New York times article to this uh, week's podcast. So I'm going to go through some of the failures right now. You guys should definitely go check this article. Uh, Google New York times. The head of the article is quote, where was the Israeli military end quote? And yeah, it's it's just wild because remember it opened up with rocket fire from Hamas early on in the morning of October 7th. And when this rocket fire is going out, they're in Tel Aviv, they're like, "Oh, a few rockets are being launched." Well, they got a phone call from a commander of the division that oversees military operations along the border with Gaza saying that their base was under attack. The commander could not describe the scope of the attack or provide any more details, but he said, hey, send everyone. So at 7.43, more than an hour after the rocket assault began, and thousands of Hamas fighters stormed into Israel, this control center in Tel Aviv issued its first deployment instructions of the day. They ordered all emergency forces to head south along with all available units that could do so quickly. But they still didn't like realize this was a full-on invasion. And then hours after that, you still had all these Israeli citizens basically fending for themselves. But remember when a couple podcasts ago I said, you know, the myth of the all-seeing Israeli intelligence and the all the all-capable Israeli military has finally been shattered. Man, the military looks really bad in this New York Times investigation. They found that Israel's military was undermanned, out of position, and so poorly organized that soldiers communicated in impromptu WhatsApp chats, and they had to rely on social media posts for targeting information. Uh, Helicopter pilots were ordered to look at news reports and telegram channels to choose targets. And maybe the worst thing of all, the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, did not even have a plan to respond to a large-scale Hamas attack on Israeli soil. Nobody had ever seen it, if it does exist. Nobody ever trained on it. I mean, imagine this. You always prepare for the worst, hope for the best, right? They didn't even have a plan for these fucking savages living right across their border. Nobody said, like, hey, what if, uh, I, don't know, I know this is crazy, guys, but what if one day, like, they're able to storm the fence and get in? What do we do now? And nobody ever did that. Yeah, here we go. A brigadier general in the reserves and a former deputy commander of the Gaza division named Amir Avivi said, quote, there was no defensive plan for a surprise attack such as the kind we have seen on October 7th, end quote. Yeah, not fucking great, dude. Um, and, you know, they, they confronted Israel with about this, and they kind of gave the answer like, well, hey, listen, we're at war right now. We want we need to eliminate Hamas, and we're going we're gonna to answer all this and look into it later. But they've got all kinds of documents, and thanks to it being 2023, we've all got, you know, we've got body cam video. We've got the, uh, the military's cache of man- uh, materials, uh, closed-circuit surveillance camera video, all kinds of shoot. The New York Times interviewed dozens of officers, enlisted troops, etc. 
And yeah, Israeli security and military agencies produced repeated assessments that Hamas was neither interested in nor capable of launching a massive invasion. Remember what I said about the capability earlier, you guys? This isn't fucking rocket science. They used a couple drone bombs to take out cameras and auto machine guns and then cut the fence. <laughs> this wasn't some high-tech thing here. Then, yep. The And then they still stuck to that. As I mentioned before, even when Israel obtained those Hamas battle plans that revealed an invasion that they were actually planning. And they still said, nah, they're not capable of doing that. The notion, this is a great phrase, and it goes along with what I said earlier about uh, complacency. The New York Times writes the following. The notion that Hamas could execute an ambitious attack was seen as so unlikely that Israeli intelligence officials even reduced eavesdropping on Hamas radio traffic, concluding that it was a waste of time. There you go. We're not even going to listen in to terrorist chatter. They're so boring. Holy shit. Uh, what else about this? Uh, some of the problems, the Israeli government determined, they, they, they did think, okay, well, we have this loosely organized civilian guard. Say, think of National Guard here. It's known as the Kitat Kananut. I know I'm butchering that pronunciation. The Israeli government said, well, they'll serve as first line of defense in the towns and villages near the border. But these guardsmen had all kinds of different standards of training, depending on who was in charge. Their leaders were smart enough to warn that some of their units were poorly trained and under-equipped. The government did nothing. Israeli military reservists were not prepared to quickly mobilize and deploy. Uh, reservists... According to a major they interviewed, never trained to respond at a moment's notice to an invasion because guess what? The training assumed that Israeli intelligence would learn of a looming invasion far in advance. So, hey, we'll have plenty of time. Yeah, terrorists blocked key inter highway intersections. That left soldiers bogged down in firefights as they tried to enter the towns where all the people were getting murdered. And... That military base, I said earlier, Hamas took out that military base in southern Israel. That was the regional command post, and that helped paralyze the complete, completely the military response. So a lot of these soldiers responded on their own, the Israelis, and they had no idea what they were walking into. Uh, commando units were among the first to mobilize that morning. But the problem was they didn't know the threat they were facing. They thought, okay, we have a handful of terrorists. They didn't know they were facing thousands of Hamas fighters, so they rolled out with assault rifles and pistols. If you guys know anything about combat, that is not enough to repel something like that. You need heavy weapons. You need rocket launchers. You need you know, grenades. You need belt-fed machine guns. You need drones for targeting and intelligence and all that. A modern battlefield. All these guys had is what you have at home. You have your kit few fucking a pistol and a rifle that's all they had meanwhile hamas is out there with rpgs drones fucking belt feds sniper rifles etc what else about this um hamas breached the border fence in more than 30 locations and unlike the israelis they did have heavy machine guns they had landmines more than that they were prepared to fight for days let's see here uh, the situation got so bad that the head of Shin Bet, that is Israel's domestic security agency, think of the FBI, 
He told all combat-trained weapons-carrying employees to go to the South. Now, they do not normally activate with the military. Ten Shin Bet operators were killed that day. Again, apologies if I'm pronouncing that wrong. It's a Hebrew. I don't fucking know. Uh, And also, by the way, remember October 7th was the Sabbath and the Jewish holiday of Simchat Torah, it's called. And so a lot of people probably... Weren't around. Yeah, one guy says that half of the 1,500 soldiers in the, in the area were away. So when the attacks began, many soldiers were fighting for their lives. They didn't have time to protect any residents. And the first line of defense inside Israel was uh, completely overwhelmed. Terrorists targeted Israeli tanks immediately, strategically, and that left the tanks unable to do anything. Hamas, this is the first time I heard this, Hamas fired on an Israeli helicopter and forced it down near Gaza. The paratroopers aboard did escape injury, but the helicopter was destroyed in flames after that. Yeah, I really encourage you guys to go. They've got all kinds of embedded videos, some of them quite graphic. And, yeah, just looking down here. It's just, it's really bad. The base that they took out, that was the Raim. R-E apostrophe I-M, military base. That is home to the Gaza division of Israel. That oversees all military operation in the region, right? Well, again, they were understaffed because of the holiday, and that's the fucking base they stormed. Um, some people were recalled before dawn as Israeli intelligence tried to make sense of unusual Hamas activity. That was before the actual tap, but many soldiers were allowed to keep sleeping. One soldier told the New York Times that some did not know they were under attack until Hamas were in their sleeping quarters. Holy shit. And several were killed in their bunks. It just goes on and on, you guys, and just, uh, yeah, it's just complete shit show. Uh, Just turning quickly, they did release a few more details on the killing of those three hostages, by the way. And they concluded that there was a gap of 15 minutes between the fatal shootings of the first two. And then the last one. You guys remember? Because um, the commander told them to stop after the first two. Yeah, a commander actually urged the third hostage to come out of hiding, and then that hostage was fatally shot. Among other new details were that the lookout soldiers who fired the bullets that killed the third hostage did not hear that order to hold fire. Man, really, really sad. So, the again, brand new account details. And everything else. Recall that the unit had heard cries for help, um, for help in a building. This was a couple days before the hostages were killed. So one Israeli unit heard cries for help in a building where they had engaged in a gun battle with fighters. The unit thought those cries were a ruse and suspecting the building was booby-trapped did not search it. They instead directed fire from helicopters and tanks towards it. And several Hamas fighters were killed inside the building. Yeah, so pretty sad. I mean, this shit happens in war, though. You know, what are you going to do? And by the way, as far as Hamas, they're still at it, dude. Hamas and other militant groups are firing rockets into Israel every day. Here's the... the They're not getting a good return on investment. Israel says some 12,000 rockets have been fired from Gaza starting on October 7th. They have killed 15 people. Now, 15 is still a tragedy. I'm saying 12,000 rockets. You only kill 15 people. 
Yeah, so they're still going at it pretty hard. Uh, so there is your Gaza update and more disaster will follow, I'm sure. And speaking of Israel, back here in America, the Biden administration is bypassing Congress again for a weapons sale to Israel. The State Department said Friday yesterday they had approved a proposed $147.5 million sale of artillery munitions and related equipment to Israel. They invoked an emergency provision that avoids a congressional review process generally required for arms sales to other nations. That was the same provision they used uh, earlier this month. I believe I talked about that on a podcast to facilitate a government sale of about 13,000 rounds of tank ammunition to Israel. Yeah, that last one, the tank ammo, that was the first time the State Department invoked the emergency provision for an arms shipment to the Middle East since May of 2019. That was when Secretary of State Mike Pompeo approved weapons sales to Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, a move that lawmakers and some career officials inside the State Department criticized. They also used the emergency provision at least twice since 2022 to rush arms over to Ukraine. Yeah, meanwhile, Prime Minister, by the way, Benjamin Netanyahu of Israel, he's facing incredible pressure from the U.S. to lower the war, basically. But he doesn't care. He said last week that Israel would, quote, deepen, end quote, the fighting in coming days. And we're also eating shit. The United States, we're being criticized because of the support we're giving. Another conflict news in a region, the U.S. helicopters sank three Houthi boats in the Red Sea, according to the Pentagon. Yeah, American military helicopters came under fire from Iranian-backed Houthi fighters in the Red Sea on Sunday morning, that's today, and shot back, and they sank three boats and killed those aboard. Imagine the fucking balls it takes to be on some tiny-ass boat, and you're going you're gonna to shoot at an American military helicopter? Bro, you just that's a death wish. Now, you guys know the Houthis have launched attacks in the Red Sea. They've actually had all kinds of uh, missiles launched from that area, drone assaults against commercial ships, and this is all in response to Israel's war against Hamas. This was the first time, however, since the Israel-Hamas war began that Yemen-based Houthi militants have been known to directly target U.S. forces. Wow. Yeah, you're going to fucking have an early grave you decide to mess around with the United States military helicopter. There's really no hiding from that. I don't know what kind... It doesn't say what kind of helicopter it was. Even if it was like... I mean, even if it was like a Blackhawk, they still have like belt feds and shit on there, especially if they're going to be in that area. Yes, and in further conflict news in the region, the United States also struck Iran-backed groups in Iraq. Yeah, killing militants... They think. And this was after an attack on a base in Erbil killed three Americans. Um, I'm sorry. I, t- I shouldn't have said killed. That would be big news. Injured three Americans. My apologies. But yes, the American strikes were in retaliation for a series of assaults, including a drone attack hours earlier by members of Kataib Hezbollah, and affiliated groups on an Erbil air base in Iraq. Hmm. I saw a video of it. You can see a drone attack and an explosion. Yep. 
one in one American service member is critically injured. I don't think it was the CIA base there. I think it was just the regular military base, but uh, it's hard to say. So we decided to launch airstrikes. Those airstrikes were conducted about 8.45 p.m. Eastern time. And yeah, that's what happened. Anything else? Any details? What strikes they did? No, no other details. That's really all we know. Okay, and then as long as we're talking about conflict, let's go over to Ukraine quickly. Did you see they blew up that fucking warship of Russia's? Huge explosion all over social media. That was on Tuesday when Ukraine struck a Russian warship at port in Crimea. That's a big loss. However, while everybody was celebrating that, Ukrainian officials also were forced to acknowledge that they had all but retreated from the eastern city of Marinka after a months-long battle to defend it. Yep. A day after, excuse me, Russia said it had taken complete control of Marinka, uh, Ukraine's top military commander, General Valery Zaluzhny, spoke in sober terms about the fight. He compared it to the uh, battle for Bakhmut. And you guys all remember how horrific that was? Street by street, block by block, everything else. But they did destroy the Novo Cherkask. That is the large landing ship, the battleship. And it was destroyed by the Air Force. Um, all they said it was that the ship was uh, the damaged or blown. It looked like it was fucking blown to pieces to me, but you know it's probably unusual. But Russia claims it was just damaged. But the... Russian Defense Ministry said that the ship had been damaged in an attack using aircraft-guided missiles. They did not say whether the vessel had been permanently disabled. But yeah, it's a huge explosion if you guys go find it on social media. Okay. Oh, in addition, by the way, the strike on that boat, that came on the heels of the Ukraine military saying that they had shot down five Russian fighter jets in three days. Analysts said that the downing of, well, they called, in, in one sentence they call them fighter jets, and in the next sentence they call them bombers. So who knows? But they did say that the downing of the five planes, whatever they are, was one of the biggest weekly losses for the Russian Air Force since the war began. They keep insisting, the Ukrainian military, that the war cannot be won without taking aim at Russian assets and operations in Crimea. Remember, Moscow took over. They basically just seized Crimea in 2014. So they've really been uh, going hard at that because, among other reasons, the Black Sea Russian fleet that's based out of Crimea, they have been firing all kinds of precision cruise missiles at towns and cities deep inside Ukraine. You guys saw they, they had a big missile strike. Russia struck Ukrainian. They killed at least 20 people. So just horrible. And it's not slowing down at all. Now an update to one of the stories I did in the podcast. I talked about the Nepal crash in January. One of the first stories of the year. And that killed all 72 people on board. Well, they just released a report on it. And that's for this week's podcast. And get this, they say the plane crash was caused by a pilot who pulled the wrong levers while trying to land. The pilot changed the propeller angle instead 
of that of the wing flaps. So the Yeti Airlines plane lost momentum and fell. If you for you plane geeks, this was a twin engine propeller aircraft, and it was an ATR-72 plane. Yeah, man. As and this was right on this was right by the ground. They were less than a thousand feet. They were like seven hundred and twenty feet uh, AGL, above ground level. And as they prepared for landing, one of the pilots said, Hey, adjust those wing flaps. Instead, the second pilot mistakenly moved what's called the condition levers that controls the propellers. It's next to the wing flap lever. And that uh, error let air through the propeller, et cetera, et cetera. And shortly after, one of the pilots reported there was no power coming from the engine. And that was it. So, fucking sad. God, just I don't want to be in a plane crash, please. Any, almost, almost anything else. Let's keep going, though. Uh, did you guys see that movie Parasite, that Korean movie? I watched it. It was very, very entertaining. But that was a that was a big unexpected smash hit here in the United States. Well, one of the guys, the star of the fucking film, named Lee Sun Kyun, was found dead in Seoul on Wednesday. He was forty eight years old. He had been recently under police investigations on suspicion of illegal drug use, and he denied the accusations. Now the police say they are investigating the death as a suicide. They found his body in a parked vehicle in central Seoul just before 11 a.m. And they said that he also left what appears to be a suicide note. God, imagine this, dude. You, you just had a huge smash hit movie and you're still so depressed that you take your own life. This guy was a huge star in Korea. Too long before the Parasite movie, um, he played the part of the. Uh, he was the head of the wealthy family in whose house much of the movie takes place. If you guys are wondering who he was, that movie won four awards at the Academy Awards in 2020. It became the first non-English movie to win the Best Picture award. And I don't get it, dude. I, I've been there though, man. You know, you can go to some dark places. Um, you know, I've had, it, speaking of the 2023 year in review, you know, it's been up and down for me. I try not to talk about it too much in the podcast, but you know, I've had like, you know, things that didn't work out the way I thought they would. And you, you get depressed, even if you have success in other areas, you know, you can go down like a dark hole sometimes. And I know a lot of you guys are veterans. I know you've all been there. Every single person, we've all been there. And even for you non-veterans, I know a lot of you have been, I've talked to many of you who've reached out to me. You know, and you have these thoughts and all I can say is you, you got to fucking keep going. You just have to, because what else are you going to do? You know, you go away. It's a selfish act. To kill yourself because there's going to be a lot of friends and family around who, you know, are going to beat themselves up over it saying, why didn't I do more? Well, you know, and you don't share anything that's going on. And so you can't, you just, you can't do it. It's a selfish act and you'll devastate the people who do love you. And you do have people who love you, even if you don't think so. So you got to keep going, guys. Let's go on to um. Well, let's get some uh, let's get some clips in here. I don't have very much lined up for this week, but let's get some clips from this week. Uh, first of all, a lot of you guys sent me the story about the Space Force now full bird colonel who 
I th- oh no, it's not. They were the story that was going around that all you guys sent me was this space force colonel being promoted to lieutenant colonel. Um, it is a transgender woman, a biological man. <laughs> a lot of you guys sent this to me. Uh, apparently, they did some kind of interview. I don't know what channel this is on. It looks like it's on some stage. Um, so in this clip, this tra- that same transgender lieutenant colonel uh, is talking about uh, national security and how important it is that we have trans people. So let's listen to this so clip here. Inclusion is a national security imperative. Inclusion. We fight today and we are going to fight in the future using brain power. And if that brain who's going to revolutionize the way we fight in space, we fight in cyber, just happens to be in a trans body, you should want them all serving alongside me. And for your organizations, it's the same way. Those perspectives that we get from a diverse set of individuals, it's been talked about on stage a lot regarding the science behind high-performing teams. We need those perspectives. But it's inclusion that actually drives that. Because you can bring people in, and if they don't feel safe to speak up, if they don't feel safe to bring their full selves to work, you're not going to get the value of the diversity. So for us, it is absolutely (laughs) critical to drive our future success as an organization and potentially on the battlefield. And I think it's the same way for all of you because we can't leave that talent that is going to revolutionize the way we do business behind. Uh, Okay, yeah. yeah, You know what? You could do all that and be there. You just don't have to be... You can be a man. You can be a gay man. You don't have to do what you're doing. It's just fucking weird, dude. I'm sorry. You know? Uh, you know, you guys know me, dude. BK has compassion. If there's one thing people say about BK, one word, compassionate. I just don't get it. You know, if you want to do that, do it on your own time. Just show up to work like everybody else, bro, and leave it at home. And then go home and fucking put on your dress and heels and do whatever you want. I don't care. It's just very bizarre to me. Okay, and uh, this one is going around too. Speaking of uh, transgender people, did you guys see the clip? This was this had tons and tons of traction on Twitter. A Delta employee, he appears to be an African American male. He was getting harassed for misgendering somebody, and this person pulls out their phone and starts yelling at him about misgendering, and he did not. He this guy's working on like I don't see a date here, but it was like over the Christmas holiday. And this guy was like, nah, dude, it's fucking over Christmas holiday. I'm working at a goddamn airport. I am not putting up with your shit. So let's hear how this is going. Goes. And what about when adults employ misgenders you so intentionally? While she's talk, while he's talking, you're talking. You just misgendered me again. Okay. Multiple times. Gotcha. Both of you have. Sorry. Wasn't sorry. intentional, but if you yeah. want to take it personal, that's also. Well, okay. she did do it intentionally twice. Gotcha. You're talking to me too. You said she, and then you said he. You're being condescending, and if you want to continue, Ooh. I have Port Authority escort you out the building right this moment if you want to play that game with me. Okay. Would you like to continue three days before Christmas? I really don't mind. There you go. I'm good. I'll just put this on. <laughs> so they can see that's all you have to do. Just, that's all you, this is what blows my mind, how this movement got so much power. All you have to do is say, nah, bro. That's all you got to do, like that guy just did. Nah. <laughs> I'll just kick your ass out of this airport right now. Okay, I'll do that. That's all you have to do. <laughs> Finally, an American hero, that Delta employee. Good on you, brother. All right, let's uh, do a few more stories here. 
And go to this one. Uh, this one is fun. And museum in Arizona called the Arizona Military Museum. It has closed. Well, various reasons. Uh, because the Arizona Museum um, basically closed after the founder of the museum, which is a Vietnam veteran named Joe Abodili, 80 years old. He made controversial remarks. Now, Joe has curated this museum. He not only uh, founded it, he curated the museum for 40 years, right? And he was giving a tour, and he told the tour group, quote, eventually they will replace me with some gay black woman woke Jew, end quote. <laughs> Old crusty Vietnam veteran, that's great. Oh, and he also claimed that a mannequin with a hand on its hip represented gay soldiers. What dickhead fucking ratted on this guy? It actually closed a few months ago. The story's just now coming out. So, so, so it closed, and the nonprofit overseeing it no longer has any state support, so there's no money. The Arizona National Guard Brigadier General named John Conley, he sent this guy a letter expressing concern about statements he made. Shut up. God. I'm looking at his picture right now. He doesn't really look like a white man either. He looks like uh, maybe some sort of uh, Hispanic or whatever. Anyway. How did they get a hold of this? Oh, maybe not. I see another picture. He he is a white man. He is allegedly to have called, quote, all Americans, end quote, stupid, and quote, told the members of the tour group they knew nothing of the realities of the Vietnam era because they were too young, brainwashed, stupid, duped, uneducated, or uncaring, end quote. <laughs> Following the incident, the state's Department of Energy and Military Affairs ordered Abodili to attend two hours of diversity, equity, and inclusion training. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, man. Because And it, by the way, this museum is run by the Arizona National Guard Historical Society. That's why the doofus general got involved. Uh, a day later, he issued an apology attributing his erratic behavior to the combined stress of undergoing tests for cancer and the museum fiasco, etc. All right. Looks and he's got a he wears a combat infantryman badge from Vietnam, so he was the real deal, assuming this is not like a stolen Balor thing. Who fucking I'm trying to figure out like how this all blew up. Like did somebody did some tour group member was super offended and ratted on him? Yeah, it doesn't say. Somebody must have obviously said something though. Uh what else? This story was fun. A couple of you guys sent this to me. A Brazilian woman, 34 years old, cuts off her husband's penis and then, no, flushed it down the toilet. Oh, because, you know, you can reattach a penis if it's there. She put an end to that. She told the cops that she did it after finding out her husband banged her 15-year-old niece. Mm. Yep. She... She confessed to the cops, get this, she tricked him. Dude, and this goes back to why I would never, ever, ever allow myself to be restrained in a sexual situation. She teased her husband about getting into bed with her, right? She's like, oh, I want to do some kinky shit. So she then tied his arms and legs to the bed, and then she pulled out a razor and hacked off his penis. She took a picture of the severed penis 
and then she flushed it down the bathroom. Yeah, here we go. She she hand, she turned herself into cops. She told them she had flushed it away because she had heard that it's possible to reattach it, which it is. She walked into the local police station with her brother and told them, quote, Good evening, officer. I came to introduce myself because I just cut off my husband's penis, end quote. <laughs> her husband is 39. She's in custody and being charged with attempted murder. Oh, by the way, the age of consent in Brazil is 14 years old. So there wasn't really a crime as long as it was consensual because the niece was 15. He probably thought it was no big deal. Uh, another update from one of my year in review stories. You guys remember the gay Senate staffer getting fucking bored out by that dude in the Senate briefing room? Well, apparently it's the second time in less than a couple of years over a cap that a Capitol Hill was staffer was sexually uh, uh, filmed and investigated. According to the online news source Semaphore, a senior staffer who previously worked for Republican Congressman Dan Newhouse, that's the state of Washington, was investigated over a pair of X-rated videos last year. Uh, A subsequent investigation revealed no conclusive evidence linking the staffer to the videos in question. What are these videos? Well, they were posted as part of a Snapchat story by a user named Adam J., with the handle Ann Jackson 2019. And in this one of these videos, a man is seen pleasuring himself inside a house office building, which was identifiable due to the furniture and carpeting in the background, as well as a con- branded congressional mouse pad on the desk. In the screenshot from the second video, two men are engaged in a sex act <laughs> in an office setting. The participants' faces were not visible in any of the screenshots, so they were smart enough for that, but not smart enough to cover up all the congressional shit. Mmm. So they started an investigation because these videos began circulating among Capitol Hill staffers, and um, this staffer's name has not been released publicly. He, He reportedly denied participating in these. In a telephone interview and a series of text messages with Semaphore, the staffer also disputed elements of the office's characterization of the incident. Uh, the staffer said he was being investigated in June 2022. He said no evidence. He left his position in the fall of 2022 on good terms to take a job outside of Washington, D.C. Now, uh, the I have a video for you from the guy the aide to Senator Ben Cardin, he's the one who we saw getting ass-banged, right, uh, a couple weeks ago. His name is Aiden Mays Sherobsky, C-Z-E-R-O-P-S-K-I. And I have a video clip of him. I have not heard his voice yet. And in this video clip, he was talking about how hot some homeless people were, which is... uh, Pretty interesting. Let's listen to this guy. Okay, Baltimore has the sexiest homeless population of any city in America. Like, in D.C., in San Francisco, the homeless people are not cute. But, like, in Baltimore, there are some who I would totally let hit it. Gross. Dude, come on. (laughs) Okay, I want to see a picture now of the homeless fucking vagrant that you thought was cute and that you would let hit it. That's disgusting. 
How much time are we? Are we already running out of time? Well, maybe just for the hell of it, I'm going to... Uh, oh, shit, I didn't even realize that my laptop wasn't plugged in. That's funny. It's just running off battery power. That's great. Good laptop, though. It's still my old-ass MacBook Air from, like, 10 years ago. 22% left on the battery. All right, let's keep going. Uh, Donald Trump has now been kicked off the ballot in Maine. Yeah, by the Secretary of State there. She's a total nut job. Her name is Shanna Bellows. Uh, she was big buddies with Obama. She used to post about Black Lives Matter. She called the Electoral College white supremacist. <laughs> the whole thing, dude. Completely psychotic. Now she has said that, uh, yeah, Donald Trump will not be on the state's Republican primary ballot. Yeah, and they keep going back to the same thing. They're like, well, he engaged in insurrection. Except the only problem is he's never gone on trial. They want to put him on trial. But he has not been convicted of insurrection. Indeed, he's not even being charged with insurrection. Remember that. In the Washington, D.C., the January 6th case, he's not being charged with insurrection. Or try, I can't remember the actual formal charge, but it's not insurrection. And there is a charge of insurrection, which they're not using. So make of that what you will. Uh, a sad story here over the holidays. In Where is this? This is, I believe it's upstate New York. Bronxville? Yeah, New City, Bronxville. A veteran Bronxville police sergeant is believed to have killed his wife and two young boys before killing himself. God. Four fucking dead people. He was an active police sergeant. He was supposed to be on, he didn't show up for duty on Friday night, this last Friday. And so they uh, had the cops go look for him. And they found Watson Morgan, 49 years old, dead, his wife Ornella, and their two sons aged 10 and 12. He fucking shot them to death before killing himself. Yeah, this is yeah, he was going to retire after 15 years with Bronxville. He started with the NYPD in the year 2000 and joined the Bronxville Police Department in 2007. God. Man, like I said, you don't know what the hell is going on behind closed doors. Okay, your border update. It's so bad now that Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is going to meet with AMLO, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, President of Mexico. The Did you guys see that fucking video of the 15,000 migrant caravan just about going to the United States? Like, they're not even trying to hide it. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're coming for amnesty. You have blood on your hands if you don't let us in, blah, blah, blah. Oh, here it is. You you know I love this sentence. First sentence from the New York Times story. You ready? Can you guess where I'm going with it? Here it is. They write, quote, Secretary of State Anthony J. Blinken and other top American officials discussed the root causes of migration with Mexico's president on Wednesday. End <laughs> quote. So, yeah, he already did go, I guess. But, yeah, root causes. We know what the root causes are. We know what they are, you guys. They want jobs. And they want to make money and hopefully bang a few white bitches. That's what they say all the time. And it's just nonsense. They're shutting. Now they have to like shut down railway crossings in Texas. They had to close the port of entry in Lukeville, Arizona. It's so stupid. You guys already know my solution. You state, you put some fucking 19 year old national guardsman on the border every 15, every 50 meters and if the cartel comes and starts sawing the fence, you fucking pepper spray them. How hard is that? And it's non-lethal. They will never, ever, ever do that. 
because of the optics. Like I don't see, and I don't think the optics are a big deal. I think all Americans would agree. Like, hey, if you're there and the fucking guy is trying to cut through the border fence of your sovereign nation, he deserves some pepper spray in the face. No, only uh, completely radical activists would disagree with that. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's completely insane, and now it's gotten to a level we've never even really seen early on this year. Even even early on, December 2023 is the biggest average they've ever seen. It's like 10,000 people a day. It's completely nuts. This is setting a new record. Yeah, seven-day average of more than 9,600 in the month of December. We're talking like 300,000 fucking illegal immigrants, you guys, and that doesn't count the ones who got away either. And this is how you change a country. And it makes perfect. This is all according to going to plan. If you think the United States is a racist, bigoted, white nation and they need more diversity, and this is how you do it. And this is, this is the plan. Because out of all these millions and millions of illegal immigrants that have come under Joe Biden, who've given a court date sometimes up to 10 years in the future, very, very few are going to be deported. And they all fucking know it. Uh, let's listen to a few clips. Here first is the mayor of Eagle Pass, a uh, Democrat, by the way. Let's listen to what he says. Eagle Pass, Texas. Our city here in Eagle Pass, we've been getting slammed with two to 3,000 people a day, and it's just a, an unfair, unethical situation. What's going on here in Eagle Pass, we feel ignored by the federal government. Yeah, they don't care about you, bro. They don't care because this is part of the plan. I love how every, like, pundit, they sit there and go, oh, Biden's completely incompetent on the border. This is, But he's not. This is exactly what they intend to happen. And they sit there and go, oh, well, we don't. They scratch their heads. and Because when they're asked about it by the journalists, they're like, oh, well, you know, there's root causes. And they just filibuster. But if they were being honest, they'd be like, no, we want this to happen. Uh, it seems even Democratic voters are getting tired of it. Let's listen to this report from CNN talking about voter what priorities. What do voters think about immigration right now? Yeah, it's becoming a real top issue here. So the top issue facing the nation. Look, the economy is still number one. It was number one in August. It's number one now. But take a look at the immigration slash border security. It was just 11% in August. Look where it's hopped to now. 19%. So it's closing in on the economy. And a number of different polls I've looked at, immigration and border security is running a closer second place to the economy as we head into 2024. And you might be thinking, Phil, okay, this is just Republican voters who are feeling this way. But I want you to take a look here, because I think this is rather interesting. The most Google searches for migrants by state. Look at all these states, Phil. They're all blue states. Illinois is one. New York is two. Massachusetts is three. New Jersey is four. Colorado is five. And of course, there's been a lot of talk about the migrant crisis in both Illinois and New York. And it seems like even voters in those states very blue states, states that Democrats win in general elections almost always, they are focusing on this issue as well. Yeah, well, but will they will they vote differently is the question. Will they vote differently? Yep, uh, and let's listen to this report on Face the Nation from CBS, and it talks about the number I just gave you of 300,000. Let's listen quickly to this. New customs and border protection data obtained by CBS News show that agency is on track to process more than 300,000 migrants, an all-time monthly high. That includes record numbers of families and children. 
Meanwhile, cities, states, and federal law enforcement report being overwhelmed as the ripple effects spread from border communities to all across the country. I told you, I told you, and because this could be solved very easily, in addition to the at the border means that I just mentioned, what you do is you immediately fly them back on deportation flights, not fucking five years from now. I'm talking about right after you give them a hot bowl of soup, maybe a quick medical checkup, maybe 50 bucks in cash. Sure, why not? That beats the fucking cost of you living here for decades. And you put them on a plane, you fly them home. You would only have to do that for a week before word got out, hey guys, there's no point in giving this cartel guy 10 grand, which is all of our money, because you're just going to get deported within like three days. That's what you do. And you do it, and you have a fleet of planes. You get the military involved. I don't give a shit. Get a bunch of C-130s, C-17s, and you start fucking flying massive deportation flights to show that you're serious and that you mean it. And then the word will get out. It always did. The word got out that Joe Biden's handing out amnesties or handing out free border tickets. The word gets out. They all have fucking cell phones. They're not fucking dumb. Word gets out, and it will stop. If you don't do that, it will not stop, and it's very fucking simple, and that's all it takes. That all I have on the border. Yes, uh, quickly, Seattle, uh, a lot of you guys sent this too. Seattle fucking dismantled the community garden that was the uh, Black Lives Matter fucking sacred site. That's hilarious. Dozens of cops showed up before sunrise to start clearing the site. This is when they fucking basically dug a pile of mud and they stuck a few weeds in it and they called it a community garden because they were like, they're stupid communists, right? They're like, from this garden, we're dude, we're totally going to like grow corn and pumpkins and then anybody in the community could come along and that way nobody goes hungry, except they didn't do any of that because they don't know how to and nobody wants to eat that anyway. <laughs> they're so stupid. Ah... Uh. That's funny. Oh, I have a, I do have a news report about it. I thought was funny. Let's listen to. This is where the former Chop slash Chaz was. You know, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. So, and, and here you'll see the irony of me doing this story right after the border one through this clip. Let's listen to the local media here. It was mostly peaceful, and no arrests were made. But later, some activists tried to tear down the fencing set up around the garden and were pepper sprayed by security officers. Wait, what? Cameras captured at least two separate incidents. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. So they can have security guards pepper spray the BLM Antifa goons trying to tear down the fence while they restore that garden? And that's fine. See how effective it was? I just, well, you can see it on the video. It's very effective. They sprayed them in the face and they immediately run off. <laughs> but you won't do it at the U.S. border, huh? Okay, guys. That is going to do it for the podcast. I do have a few um, special, just kind of year in review stuff. Uh, so let's go into that. Uh, let's start. Let me see. Where do I want to go here? Um, with the markets and finance. So where do they see 2024? Well, they have a pretty good outlook on 2024. Analysts see lower borrowing costs. They do see what's called a soft landing. That's an economic slowdown that is not a recession and a pretty good year for investors. So they do think they have quite the uh, bull case. The median, because they, they take a bunch of analysts and they all analyze and they put together a median prediction for what the market will do, right? So 
the median year-end 2024 forecast for the S&P 500 is a index of 5,068. That would be an annualized gain of about 6% for 2024. In other words, they think the S&P 500 is going to go up about 6%. Uh, one pessimist is J.P. Morgan Chase. They carry a 2024 year-end target of 4,200 for the S&P, but they're in the, the minority. But you never know. The wild card is politics and, and elections. Now, in the last 71 years, in a presidential election year, the S&P has risen on average by 7% during United States presidential elections. So generally, they, they think it's pretty good. But remember, guys, the most important thing in investing, don't try to time the market. You do it. You do a long window. You have a long window for you young guys. You're like 21, 22, 23. Put in a couple hundred bucks minimum every year. Try to max it out. Your Roth IRA at, what is it, 66,000, 6,600, something like that. Try to contribute as much as you can. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, what else? People who died in 2023. I gave you a few names already. Uh, Jimmy Buffett, <clears throat> Shane McGowan, uh, Rosalind Carter, the... Ex-First Lady passed away. Henry Kissinger did pass away as well. Norman Lear, the Hollywood executive, he passed away. Who else would you guys remember? The cartoonist from Mad Magazine, Al Jaffe, he passed away at 102 years old. How about that? A Nobel Prize winner named John Goodenough, that's his name, he shared a Nobel Prize for giving us the rechargeable lithium battery. He died at the age of 100. Uh, Bob Barker, Charles Munger uh, passed away. And let's see here. I'm just going through guys you've probably heard of. Um, keep going. Pat Robertson died. Diane Feinstein, I mentioned her. Tony Bennett passed away as well. Harry Belafonte died. And Burt Baccarat. I believe I played some of those guys as podcast intro music. Uh, Gordon Lightfoot, the singer. Uh, Tina Turner, of course. Sinead O'Connor. How could I forget her? The wonderful, talented Sinead O'Connor. Lisa Marie Presley died at only 54. Uh, anybody else? Suzanne Summers from Three's Company. Cindy Williams, who was Shirley on Laverne and Shirley. Raquel Welch passed away. And Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman, also died. So anybody else you guys might have heard of? <clears throat> Just looking here. Uh, Silvio Berlusconi, the uh, Italian prime minister, the Bunga Bunga party guy. <laughs> yeah, he had a bunch of orgies. He was elected fucking prime minister. Yeah, he died as well. Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, passed away. And what else? Anybody else here? The oldest known American survivor of Pearl Harbor, Ken Potts, died at 102 years old. And those are your... Oh, and one more special mention. The New York Times did not mention him, of course, but Gaston Glock, the inventor of the Glock handgun, passed away at 94 years old. He created the handgun war by two-thirds of American police officers and security forces of at least 48 countries. Uh, very good. And I really don't have time, guys, to get to the rest of it. So I'm going to skip right ahead to the first I will do the big finish of the year. <clears throat> I know you guys are all very much 
expect excited for this one. Guys, the big finish of the year is going to go to New Jersey and Banny Mezquititla, 18 years old. <laughs> Do you guys remember this one? He's the guy who tortured and raped his girlfriend's cat to death. Female cat. <clears throat> yep. He was arrested back in March. <clears throat> Excuse me. His female roommate brought the body of his dead cat, Ellie. Ellie had been his cat. And cops say he performed sexual acts on the animal many times, seriously injuring it. A post-mortem examination found that she showed signs of sexual trauma, both vaginally and rectally. And he did admit masturbating in front of the cat, sticking a pencil inside the cat, and using his penis to have intercourse with the cat multiple times. And according to prosecutors, this included ejaculating inside and outside the cat. God. And this fucking psycho also tied a cord around the cat's neck and slowly strangled her multiple times, ultimately killing her during one of those instances. He would use miniature handcuffs to tie her limbs behind her back. He took videos of a lot of this, by the way. In one video, she's seen awake with her mouth open, appearing to gasp for air, clawing at the wall, and in the air, she's strung up in the air as she's being strangled, and he would take selfies, record all this shit, and it went on for months and months. Oh, in addition to all that, he cut off her lower jaw and tongue with a sharp tool. They said this occurred pre-mortem, meaning while that she was still alive. After the cat finally died, he threw her body out his bedroom window. And... He should never. He should get the death penalty. He should, at minimum, never get out of prison. What is... 18 fucking years old. Blows my mind, guys. That is the insane big finish of 2023. Now, but don't forget, we also have the top clip of the year. Now, I think this was in... I want to say this was up in Canada. I don't really remember. But it doesn't matter where it is. All that remembers is the video itself. It's about a minute and a half long. I'm going to play the whole thing. It's a bit of a mashup. So the camera kind of cuts out the slow parts. It is a woman, white woman, in a dress. Looks like she's going out for the night. Clearly intoxicated or on some kind of drug. Um, she has a bit of a racial meltdown. Let us roll the clip. <laughs> Throws her phone. She's trying to get in somebody's house. Just, 
Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> We're doing what you're Yo, doing. Yo, this bitch crazy. Bitch! Is that it? That's scary as fuck. Where are my black women at? All right, I think there she goes. Is that it? Yeah, okay, that was it. Uh, if you guys want to Google that, it happened apparently outside something called Six Donuts. So if you Google like Six Donuts racial slurs or something like that, you can kind of watch the whole thing. And now finally, you guys, to the latest, very latest statistics on Patreon. You guys know I always push hard in December. I had given a very bold goal of uh, 800 patrons by the year end. And I'm very happy to tell you that... On the last day, literally last couple hours of the year, I am sitting right now at 818 patrons. Now, caveat, not all of those are paid, but uh, still, I'll take it. Uh, at least 760 are paid Patreons, at least. Um, but, you know, early as I began pushing it for this month, I think I had only like 760 or something like that total. It's up to 818. I cannot thank you guys enough. It's the only reason I can do this. Uh, otherwise, I'd have to get a fucking job, 9 to 5 and all that. And who the hell wants to do that? And it motivates me. Um, guys, again, patreon.com. Type in BK Actual if you appreciate the podcast. And right here and now, I will set an even bolder goal for 2024. I'm encouraged by this so much that I'm going to set the goal. Let's do an even 1,000 patrons by the end of 2024. I'm hoping to grow. Uh, by the way, the merch is should be up in a week or so. I've already got everything lined up. I wanted to delay it till after the holidays because I was gone and I couldn't handle it. So that's why there's been a delay. But yes, the merch is coming online. So between the merch, the Patreon, um, I hope to do have a great 2024. Um, I don't really keep up with how many people subscribe to me or anything like that. My biggest stat is the patronage. That's all I care about. I could care less if five people listen to the podcast if I had that amount of patrons, if that makes sense. Because the patron and the Patreons uh, website, that's the backbone of the podcast. That's what pays my bills. And that's what makes me be able to come here and really work hard for you guys and, and give all that. And I can't thank you enough. I'm behind on my notes just because I've been on the road, but I always send patron donors um, a, a message. I will get to you, I promise, this week. Uh, cannot thank you guys enough. And then finally, to wrap everything up, like I said, you know, the year's been up and down. I'm sure all of you have had up and downs, and I just hope to keep the podcast going, add a few things, dare I say video, video in the year 2024 on this primitive-ass podcast that somehow got 800 patrons. I think I'm going to. So look for that. Look for the merch. And I will keep going as long as you guys keep showing up and supporting me. And again, the toughest thing in the world to do is make money on something people can get for free. And the fact that you guys back this when you could just pass along and listen to it for free and strap hang. And I'm glad that people do that too. But the fact that so many of you actually put in on the podcast really means a lot. It means you believe in it. And I can't thank you enough for that. So guys, that is all I got for you. Thank you so much. That's the steel trap mine. That's two and a half ish hours. No breaks, no editing. The ab veins are popping. The pythons are pulsating, guys. The tan is glowing and the bronze, a color not found anywhere else in nature beside on my body. It's all right here. That's going to do it for me. I will see you next year. Sorry.